For more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcasts. Morning all, text 0868104106. Paperwise this morning, we certainly have uh, warnings of this status orange rain warning that's taking effect primarily for Cork. Other areas like Kerry and Waterford are getting orange as well. And then slightly further from us, they get yellow warnings. But um, so more on that in, in, in a few minutes time um, as we head into uh, a season of more inclement weather, I suppose. But mind you, you see extraordinary things. Uh, the mail this morning carries some lovely photographs. There was lots of it on social media across Saturday and, and indeed Sunday. And this was the dolphins that were seeing a scene swimming up um, along George's Key and Father Matthew Key on Saturday. Swam up from daylight hours until dusk and they were having a good old time of it. Dolphins and orcas, uh, the mail remind us, have been previously spotted swimming along the Lee. Uh, but the sightings are fairly rare, particularly the orcas. But we do get dolphins in. Uh, from time to time. If they're around later on today, I uh, hope to God that it doesn't get so bad that they might even be swimming up Oliver Plunkett Street. But anyway, fantastic. A pot of dolphins popped up uh, to say hello. Now, council teams are working hard because they are expecting localised flooding. This is a story in the Echo today, um, particularly at high tide this evening. High tide is about 10 to 8 tonight. Um, so this evening and tomorrow morning, uh, low-lying areas of the city, the Echo remind us, like Keys, like Morrison's Island, Wandsworth Key, Union Key, Lavitz Key, localised flooding in that area. They're expecting uh, the uh, the river to break the bank in that case, and I'm sure that there'll be a lot of, um, uh, you know, sandbags and what have you at the ready. A lot of people use the the kind of the trap doors now to trap the water outside their properties, and that'll be very much needed later on today. There's a front page. You're making the echo today. The talks of 5,000 who potentially could have gone on strike, affecting 18 different community services. Um, and that, of course, was when they went to print. But last night then, in the early hours of the morning, about three o'clock this morning, talks between unions, government reps and the WRC uh, meant that um, those strikes will not now go ahead. It's all been called off because those involved, these would be healthcare, social care workers in the community and the voluntary sector. If I were to give you a couple of examples of it, those working with the Irish Wheelchair Association or those working with Enable Ireland, Ireland there's 5,000 of them in total across 17 charities and organisations like that. They agreed um, an increase uh, in pay at the rate of 8%. So an 8% increase was agreed around about 3 o'clock this morning. Um, so, and it'll be backdated and be paid in different phases. So that's not going to go ahead today because it would have been very, very problematic for, for service users. Uh, Tina Satchwell, uh, Nee Dingovan, makes many of the papers this morning. There was a vigil in Fromoy uh, last night. I'll be returning to that across the morning. We, we know of the Dingovan family who spoke so beautifully and so sadly, but also so kindly about their beautiful relative and sister um, fly high our angel Tina you're in our hearts the family were at the vigil last night a big portrait according to Anne Mooney in the Sun this morning there's a large portrait of Tina was placed on the bandstand in Fromoy Park and the area was a sea of candles cards and flowers so following the dignified um, show of love um, in y'all same thing happened, but on perhaps a, a bigger scale in Fromoy uh, last night. Over 500 people uh, attended a special candlelit vigil, vigil in her former town yesterday to pay tribute uh, to the tragic woman and her awfully, awfully sad death. So the heartbroken family also there saying words can't describe their pain after the discovery of her remains last Wednesday. There is another case actually involving death, and this is a man accused of murdering the teacher Ashling Murphy. Now, 
He's entered a plea, Joseph Pushka. He appeared in court yesterday as his trial, which could last for about five weeks, begins today. And he has entered a plea of not guilty. He says, I didn't murder Ashling. They call it the canal death trial and the, the star runs with it on their, their front page today. But issues involving Israel and Hamas and the Palestinian uh, nation and indeed the Gaza Strip dominate many of the newspapers. Now, um, us, for, Joe Biden is going to Israel. Now, surely be to God, that's not going to help matters. I mean, that's just not going to help unless Joe Biden is going to Israel to try and tell them to, you know, stand down with regards to this ground offensive. This ground offensive of the Israelis will be on a massive scale and there will be huge deaths as a consequence. Uh, Michael D. Higgins, uh, our president, um, has wrote in on this and, and many would suggest rightly so because the European Commissioner, the head of the European Commission, Ursula von der Leyen, has supr- expressed support for Israel. Now, you would think that any right-minded person would, would say that it is very sad and it is heartbreaking for both sides that they ha- that it has come to this and continues to do so for so long. And that deaths on both sides are, are just a terrible tragedy that we should do everything we can to try and avoid. And both sides should do as well. Because death is not a response to solving a problem. But no, um, in she goes, uh, visited Israel, expressed her solidarity in the wake of the country being attacked by Hamas. And she said... On our behalf, in the face of this unspeakable tragedy, there's only one possible response. Europe stands with Israel. Now, that's really uh, taken a kite, flying a kite, and just taken it, um, you know, going on a solo run. She says, Israel has the right to defend itself. In fact, it is the duty of Israel to defend its people. So it's very strong languaging. And I understand it's not about taking a side. I think that's what Michael D. Higgins is saying. It's just avoiding death and casualty. You know, small little children are dying. It's an interesting one in the ma- in the mirror this morning because they give a huge graphic across two pages in colour in the inside pages of the mirror today. And it shows the countries surrounding Israel and indeed Palestine and Gaza and the Gaza Strip. And it shows that um, while Israel has managed to build bridges with some of its Arab na- neighbours, it has not managed to build bridges with all of them because Israel is surrounded by Qatar, Saudi Arabia, Jordan, Egypt, Syria, and Iran. Um, So it could be very, very problematic if the region decides to flare up around Israel. I mean, we could be... I think it's bad now, and the ground offensive that's expected by Israel... Is, is bad no is bad news that's bad no, but it could get uh, an awful lot worse and that graphic really brings it home this morning the inside pages of this morning's mirror um, isn't it isn't it bizarre that one of the ways that they think might work to uh, slow people down with regards to speeding or talking on their mobile phones or acting the fool when you're supposed to be concentrating on driving is to give more penalty points on bank holidays uh, are they suggesting that lives lost on bank holidays are worth more than lives lost not on bank holidays but motorists who commit traffic offences like speeding or not wearing a seatbelt will face higher penalty points on bank holiday weekends under the proposed new legislation. I suppose you'd call it, if nothing else, a novel approach to the problem. But Jumbo Karens, who's in Switzerland, visiting family members at the moment, makes this morning's mirror. He's a right old lash at RTE and the conceited attitude of them. But he goes on then in a sidebar to say, I'm in Switzerland. If you're caught over the speed limit in Switzerland, you don't get penalty points. You are banned immediately for weeks on end 
Perhaps this is something we should think about in Ireland. The speed limit in Switzerland in every urban area is 30 kilometres. A lot of our urban areas are 50 kilometres. On the main roads, it's 70 kilometres. And it varies then to 80 to 110 kilometres on motorways. But motorways can be as low as 80 kilometres. So he's saying penalty points. Not in Switzerland. You just get banned. Instead of three points or six points, you might get six weeks off the road kind of thing. And then we've talked about this um, quite a lot on the air. And this is this cashless society that we're slowly, well, maybe not too slowly, moving towards every single uh, day and every single week. You hear more people just, uh, you know, refusing cash or not, you know, being able to uh, get cash at not welcome in banks anymore. Everybody wants everything to go online, tap and go. There's a, I think that was heard in the news earlier this morning that there is a, a big, some kind of a shop in Dublin Airport now that... I could be wrong, but I think it was Dublin Airport I heard where they don't take cash at all and you don't even need to tap anything. Everything you pick up off the shelves is automatically registered against your online banking and you, there's no tills and you don't talk to anybody. It's a bit like the Google shop. You just walk out and it's debited to uh, from your account. So the ECB now, which is the European Central Bank, makes this morning's independent because they are seeking a clear ban on no cash policies in shops and public bodies, including hospitals and museums across the euro area. If the ECB gets its way, the move would make it illegal for any shop uh, not to accept cash. Um, we also hear this morning of the great work that was done by, say, for instance, the Army Rangers uh, who stormed the MV Matthew and were part of the haul of cocaine that was caught there. Uh, you might be interested to know that those Army Rangers, while they did their job so brilliantly, are owed millions in backdated wages and allowances. Um, isn't that absolutely fu- infuriating um, for them and their families that they go about their jobs as best they can, knowing that they're owed money? And then, of course, uh, you heard it there in the news at nine o'clock. There is a woman from Scotland, what was living in um, Fermoy, what was on the Graham Norton show and in the big red chair. And she said horrible, nasty things about the town of Fermoy. Um, how she didn't get dumped in the big red chair is beyond me. I thought that maybe, you know, Graham Norton would have dumped her himself, but, but didn't. But people in Fermoy are very upset about the horrible comments about their town. She's a Scottish native, I'm reading from the examiner this morning. Her name is Zoe. And she told the Graham Norton show on Friday night that she'd lived in Ireland for 20 years. And he asked where in Ireland. She said, from Oi, County Cork. And then she said, horrible, horrible town. No need for it. Just answer the question. For Moy, move on. She said, horrible, horrible town. So Graham Norton, who's a Bandon native, says, it's got a giant pencil on it. Actually, you know, what am I doing? Let me just play the audio for you. It's much more straightforward. Have a listen to yourself. This is the interaction. Time for a very quick visit to the big red chair. Who have right. got tonight? Hello. Hello. Hi. Oh, don't be nervous. Oh, you're, you're, oh, you're fine. You're fine. What's your name? Zoe. Zoe. And uh, where are you from, Zoe? I'm from um, Scotland, Dumfries and Galloway, but I lived in Ireland for about 20 years. It's a lovely accent. Very nice. Thank you. Whereabouts in Ireland did you live? Uh, Fermoy, County Cork. Fermoy, home of the pencil. Horrible town. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) It's got a giant pencil in it, hasn't it? It's got a bridge if people want to jump off it. (laughs) (laughs) I hate it. (laughs) (laughs) We're looking forward to this story. I think the cannon is loose. (laughs) 
And he was he was right. He kind of knew when she said that this story is going to run and run at home, and it has. And the people in Formoy are none too happy. If you're from Formoy, your thoughts on it? I think she'll learn. She'll live to regret that. I hope she doesn't get grief over it. There was no need for it. She thought she was being funny, but she wasn't. Anyway, text 0868104106. Uh, from one of our national treasures, Graham Norton, to another of our national treasures, really and truly, Ryan Tuberty. He's the top of the tree. He's still the most admired broadcaster, despite the pay scandal that rocked RTE and him being sacked unfairly, I believe, from his job. I think there was a price that needed to be paid, but not to ditch the man's career. He's still Ireland's most admired broadcaster, um, despite all of the RTE scandals. And there's a poll out this morning that says that, goes into lots of different television and, and, uh, and radio personalities. Johnny Sexton's overtaking Katie Taylor as Ireland's most admired sports star. It's interesting though, isn't it? Tub of the, uh, and nothing's working for the Late Late Show and nothing seems to be working for Patrick Keelty. And he's a lovely guy, so it's awful to see all of the negativity that the show is attracting. If this continues to hemorrhage viewers, what will RTE do? I mean, he's got to be given some time, I get that, but would they bring back tubs? Your thoughts on that? Text 0868104106 and the amount of money in the Beckham household. Uh, the mail this morning is a two-page spread of Victoria Beckham's 15 engagement rings. I never knew she was married 15 times. But nonetheless, she has 15 engagement rings. She's worn every one of them. Every second day of every month, I suppose, she might rotate them. They're worth £30 million after 24 years of marriage. I mean, did did Bex himself buy Posh Bex the 15 engagement rings? Or where did she get them? And why does she need so many? £30 million worth of 15 engagement rings. You think one would be enough. But anyway... It's her money. She can do what she wants with it. And the things that we flush down the toilet uh, make the Irish Daily Star this morning. You can't flush anything down the toilet except for, yeah, you guessed it, toilet paper. You can't even flush down wipes, even if they say that you can. Uh, The recommendation is don't. Nor cigarette butts, right? Nor anything else like tampons or clumps of hair, None of it. But you know something? You know who are the biggest culprits, the biggest culprits of them all? The 35s and under, apparently. That's the age group. And they're the ones that are supposed to be most climate aware. But I was telling you yesterday of forest bathing, the term forest bathing that I heard, which actually is just the new parlance now for the younger generation to describe going for a walk in the woods. It's called forest bathing. There's another one that I came across this morning. With the growing popularity of year-round open water swimming. (laughs) What's open water swimming? In my day, that was just swimming. (laughs) When did it become open water swimming? Maybe did a lot of it over the summer. There's a story in the Star this morning talks about uh, not so much a heat wave as a sweet wave because um, certainly the Indian summer meant that the warmer weather uh, meant that people were still buying a lot of the stuff in the summer when they should have moved on to autumn and winter clothing um, like an extra two million in what they call sunny September. The barbecues stayed out longer. Um, Irish shoppers spent an awful lot more money, nearly a million euro on burgers and nearly over half a million on chilled prepared salads but the one thing that did very well in the month of September uh, was um, the incredible amount of money that was spent on 99s and ice creams an extra 2.4 million I was up in Fermanagh at the weekend, Uh, it wasn't the best weather in the world, I mean it was nice but not fantastic 
but they were baiting them at the door with 99s. Um, so that got a bit of an extra boost for the month of September. Anyway, lines open. Text 0868 104 106. Pick up the phone on 0818 Let me just stop for a couple of minutes because we did mention um, the uh, amount of rain that we're going to have today and tomorrow. I'm certainly up until lunchtime tomorrow. We've got Alan O'Reilly from Carla Weather. Alan, good morning. Morning, Neil. Um, I was just teeing it up this morning. It was interesting to see the dolphins coming in uh, to Cork yesterday, and sorry, across across the weekend, a few pods of them. Is that kind of weather related, or, or what do you think of that? Not sure about that. Now I'm not I'm not too sure. Maybe the dolphins are coming in to let us know what's coming or not. I'm not sure. Is but, it does it usually uh, signify something, or this just maybe a, kind of a, a a mild summer and into the autumn, and they're coming to pay a visit? I take it could be the warmer waters maybe but I'm not sure Neil to be honest with you yeah. I wouldn't be that open on the dolphin behaviour yeah. yeah no I just thought it might be weather related um, they certainly weren't, weren't coming to tell us to be aware that there was, um, there was a lot of wind and a lot of rain coming but here we are with state, status orange does that mean do you think that there's going to be localised flooding yes very likely to be localised flooding so we have a very severe uh, weather event ahead for the next 36 to 48 hours we have up to one, maybe 80 millimetres of rain to fall between now and tomorrow um, in parts of Cork. So the southern parts of Cork, especially the west of Cork as well, but really right across the county, you're looking at over 60 millimetres of rain and some of the weather models are showing over 60 millimetres within 24 hours. That volume of rainfall is going to cause problems. So it's already raining, obviously you you can tell that down there, but the radar shows the rain has moved into the south, but it's going to continue, it's going to get heavier and heavier. It's going to get very heavy this afternoon. It, it'll continue through tonight. It will ease off a little bit overnight, but it'll pick back up again tomorrow. It'll be very heavy again tomorrow afternoon, and then it'll ease off, but continue light rain through tomorrow evening. And by the time we get to Wednesday evening, we could see 80 millimetres of rain, which is nearly a month's rainfall in, in two days. Um, yeah, yeah. So That's like close on three inches of the stuff, is it? Yes, yes, you're getting there. Like Some of the models are showing that by Friday we could be looking at 120 millimetres of rain because we have more showers and rain coming Thursday and possibly Friday as well. Um, so this is this is kind of caught a bit of unawares, to be honest with you, that the high pressure that, that had a nice settled cool weekend was meant to last until tomorrow. Um, but this storm, Babette, that's off the west coast of Spain and Portugal, um, is bringing up much milder but much very heavy rainfall with it. And unfortunately, the warmer air holds more moisture. So we're looking at, you know, the rain kind of today is ahead of the storm and then tomorrow is the rain associated with the storm. Now, this is not your typical storm, Neil. It's not a windstorm. You know, it is going to be windy, it is going to be breezy, but yeah. we're not looking at strong gusts. You're spot on. But the problem, the problem here is is the rainfall duration and intensity of it. So this is a rainfall storm and it's not going to blow through. Like normally I'd be talking to you, I'd say, look, by tomorrow it'll be all gone. But this is not the scenario. And, and you know, people in Cork that are prone to flooding, that they've had the flood event, uh, you know, flood incidents before, need to be on alert. That's why this morning we were talking, the Echo was talking about areas like, um, I, I don't know if they're known to you, but there would be the lower line key areas like Morrison's Key, Wandsworth Key, Union Key and Lavitt's Key. High tide at 10 to 8 tonight means they need sandbags or some protection, don't they? Yeah, and also you're looking at river flooding outside of the city as well. I know in, in Mallow and from I, I think some of the flood defences have been uh, put up. Yeah. Um, but, but right across kind of the south of the county and the west of the county, but really across the county, 
any areas that are prone to flooding, um, we need to be on alert. And this time of the year, it's bad timing. The leaves are coming off the trees. The drains, you know, are going to be blocked up with leaves yeah. and stuff. So, you know, if you're in an area that's prone to flooding, get out there this morning, clear the drains yourself, just move the leaves, take them out of there and, and just be sensible and be alert. But it, it is going to be unusual. And I know, like, you know, we kind of, people give out about the warnings or whatever, but this is a serious rainfall event. It's not a wind storm. It's not going to be that type of event, but it is going to be a lot of rain. Um, uh, yeah, I see even a big dump of it around about 11 o'clock this morning and then even more to come, as you say, and continuing right across the day and indeed up until what, around about lunchtime tomorrow will it start to back off? No, it'll be actually heavy around lunchtime tomorrow. It'll probably be tomorrow evening, evening. before oh. it really starts off to back off, yeah. Yeah, okay. Actually, also, motorists need to be very wary, don't they? Because driving conditions are probably going to be hazardous as well. They are, and you're going to have local spot flooding on the roads. So obviously, people that are you know driving need to keep watch out for those commuting on bikes and walking as well, because it's it's not going to be a pleasant situation. But during the heaviest of the rainfall, it is going to be treacherous. But you know, as I said, the the water line on the roads is going to increase. So by tomorrow, you're going to have a lot of standing water um, on the roads as well. Okay, as always, thanks so much, Alan, for the update. Appreciate it, Alan O'Reilly with uh, Carlo Weather. Uh, bear it in mind, certainly a lot of rain, a lot of wind as well. Um, uh, it's interesting to watch it. Uh, just thinking about it myself this morning. A lot of the time, I expect these to be coming in uh, from the from the west, but this is coming up from the south, as Alan said, uh, and it will kind of sweep off out to the west. Then, uh, so and, and interesting point he makes that if there's anything you can do yourself, I mean, the county council are out uh, seeing the echo this morning that they're already out there doing the best they can with regards to uh, clearing inlets and gullies and you know all sorts of things like that. But if there's anything local to you uh, that you could make a difference to in the coming hours. Perhaps you might think about doing that. Text 0868 104 106. Stay safe. Back after the break. Text the Neil Prenderville Show now. 086 8104 106. Red FM. Okay, so back to that story on uh, the contestant on the Graham Norton Show, a Scottish woman who has uh, li- or lived, Zoe, uh, lived in Fromoy for uh, 20 years. She described it as a horrible, horrible town. Uh, Graham Norton says, got a giant pencil in it. I think that refers to the Faber-Castell factory. I don't know if it's still there, but it certainly was there. They made pencils and pens there, big uh, big employers in the, in the town. And, and she replied, it's got a bridge if people want to jump off it. I suppose she was trying to be funny, uh, but local people down in Fomoy are none too happy with it. They're very annoyed. And then Reddit rode in it and they put up a, a poll on Reddit um, regarding the comments of uh, the woman on the Graham Norton show and asked people, is it a horrible, horrible town, or is it a fair assessment? Now, I suppose people were just uh, acting the fool. 132% said it was a fair assessment, and 60% said it was harsh. Or 60 people, I should say. 132 people said it was a fair assessment. 60 said it was harsh. But 100 of them said, shut up and show me what other people voted. So, you'd take that probably lighthearted, wouldn't you? I lived in Formoy for 30 years of my life. I've seen its ups and I've seen its downs. During the day, it's a nice little town. We have great cafes and one or two nice places to eat and all it's the night time that wrecks it for me I won't even venture out in Formoy even for a few pints in the last few years it's gone to the dogs and I'd consider it kind of rough now I live in the centre of town looking over the square and every Friday Saturday and sometimes Sunday I get a bare knuckle fighting show or some other kind of drama of people roaring and shouting and just acting the langer 
I've had people pissed in my pee in my doorway of my apartment. I've woken up with glass smashed around the street that I live on. I've seen teens. I've heard them say they aren't old enough to get into places, but still they're snorting coke in the street. All in all, it's just a boring little town with nothing to do in it aside from drinking, really. If you aren't into GAA rugby or football, uh, you haven't got much options in the way of hobbies. It's grand, but I've lived here my whole life and it's just a quaint little hole to me, but it's my little hole. So complimentary in some ways and then you tear strips out of it on the other. Um, But you could actually maybe describe any kind of Irish town or local community like that maybe at night on the weekends, or maybe even Cork City or Dublin City for that matter. I've worked in Formoy for a year and I've lived around there most of my life. It used to be a kip, no doubt. However, now it's a lovely little town. It really has improved the last five years or so. I love spending time there. Lovely cafes, really great shops, the best charity shop I've ever been to, uh, the NCBI, nice parks and plenty. It's got a massive park for Moy. It's a big, huge park in the middle of town. Plenty of supermarkets for your weekly shop. It's a brilliant town to live in, in my humble opinion. And one final one, Keaton Common, text 0868104106. It's grand. I stopped there a few times recently while passing through. The grub in the deli and the delis is quality, particularly Hannah's. I took the small fella for a run around the park and the playground, had dinner another night in the Hunter's Rest. Seems to have a good selection of shops in Formoy along the main street. Nice river. I can tell you there's way, way worse. Uh, there's some text with regards to people who uh, are responding to the Graham Norton comments, or at least the woman on the Graham Norton show. So text 0868104106. A big response to yesterday's programme. You know, with regards to trying to silence not the bells of Shandon, but the tourists ringing the bells of Shandon, there have been bells silenced in Ireland before. And Kevin came across uh, noise complaints against the bells of St. Bartholomew's Church in Dublin, which had been ringing for 130 years. They've been silenced because of complaints about noise pollution to Dublin City Council. Now, this isn't there yesterday. This is in 2013 it happened. They were controlled by a timer clock and they chimed every 15 minutes. But what they wanted was that the bells would stop chiming from 11pm to 7am in the morning. Um, And, uh, you know, that wasn't happening. So... Dublin City Council got involved in it. Don't know whether Cork City Council could get involved in the issues uh, surrounding the... Uh, now, one of the people behind what I was calling a petition to support stopping Shandon Bells being rung by tourists is a man by the name of Morris. Now, he says it isn't uh, a petition as such. He says it's trying to create awareness for members of the public. But there is a poster being delivered to people, and that's how I came across it originally which was the actual poster itself. We were in touch with him yesterday. Um, he, he didn't want to come on air, and I understand that. He, he's not obliged to. Uh, but he did get in touch with me. He says, I was the guy uh, who called to Roger's door. Do you remember Roger lived under the bells, has been living under the bells of Shannon for 56 years, and it doesn't bother him. He said somebody called to his house, um, and that was Morris. He says, I was the guy who called to Roger's door. I'm living on Easton's Road and have been trying to enter talks with management of the Shandon Bells since 2022, since last year. I wrote to the tower, but have had yet to receive a response from them. However, I do know that Dave, Pope's Key, who you spoke to yesterday, did re- receive a response to his communication. What we did was we commissioned a report that shows the bell rings at 19 decibels above the acceptable norm for background noise. 
We just want peace. We are following all open pathways to us, which may include legal action in an effort to get this bell issue resolved. I would, would urge anyone concerned with the bell ringing to contact the Shandon Tower. Yours, etc., Morris. Um, and that was the uh, statement that he sent to me. I, I, I still would love in, at some time in the future to have a chat with you, Morris, so whenever you're ready. Um, but we did a piece on it yesterday, obviously. And then yesterday afternoon, um, Seamus took to Shandon, the greater Shandon area, to gauge public opinion on the matter. We'll have a listen to his audio on the bells of Shandon after the break. Get it off your chest. Call Neil Prenderville now on 0818-104-106 Red FM. you put on your earmuffs because you're going through the belfry so if the bells go off it can be quite noisy so put them on until you get to the very top and you have an absolutely beautiful view from the top that's our church with ancient books on the left hand side and on the right hand side there's a church model built with matchsticks and lollipop sticks um, and it's worth looking at as well okay as you can see a very, very sophisticated system and anyone can play whatever they want, like, you know, right now. So we have Hey Jude here today. Yeah. And we have Amazing Grace and we have Ode to Joy, as I was telling you earlier. And from, you know, perhaps 10 in the morning until 5 o'clock, you can hear any one of these or there's no, what would you say, quality control on the issue. So that's where my problem comes into it. You know, is it so hard to have a thing that I pull that and if the noise comes out of the speaker up above and me down at home then none the wiser the tourist gets the experience because as you heard, you could it's not great hearing that bell like in here. But yet the people in Shandon can hear it perfectly. That's number one, number two, number three. Right, so if you know the tune, keep the tension yourself and uh, Okay, we're going to listen. The top one, see? Did you try that one? <laughs> oh. So, 844. 565. This works. That's only top one. I, I don't see Tom Cruise anyway. <laughs> I'm going to sound properly, it sounds amazing. But yeah. when you have you or me who. It's going to be our only time when realistically ringing bells unless we don't join the monks anytime soon. Um, you know, it just doesn't sound well. People would be, I suppose, at work between nine and four, so... I, I, under- I understand that, but it's, it's after the pandemic, it's a different a different thing, dynamic completely. But a lot people of people work, work from home these days. It's not... A lot of people work night shifts. A lot of people don't work your typical nine to five. So I can see if I was going out to work at half eight in the morning and I was coming home at half five in the evening, sure, if you know it's getting off my nose, I'd be no, no more bothered by it. Yeah. But when you're there constantly, or if you're there during the period when it is happening, it just becomes... It's just... And what would a happy medium if they, if they couldn't do what you're suggesting downstairs? And Anything, even... 
even if it was a restricted bell ring, you, you can ring between a half eleven and half three or something like that. It's just that, you know, I don't get a lot of Okay. I know it's something silly to complain, but I don't get the choice of saying, I'll stay in bed now. You know, I, if I don't get, I'm awoken, you know, and I have soundproof headphones, I have earplugs, I've, you name it, I try it. It gets to the stage where I'll actually sleep on the couch in the front room if it gets too much. It's not that I'm cribbing for the sake of cribbing, I'm cribbing because it's affecting me. If there wasn't a shortage of rent and property and everything, I would have moved out to Turner's Cross about three years ago. Hello. How are we? Good, yourself? Did you hear the whole commotion about the Shandon Bells this morning? I did bits and pieces of it. After 40 odd years, I don't even hear them. They just blend into everyday noise with traffic, the machinery in here, Neil on the radio, obviously, in the mornings. Between the three of those, I don't even hear them. The only time you'd hear the bells is when you get... When the machinery is switched off in here, maybe late in the evening, half four or five o'clock, and you, you you hear them slightly, but other than that, we don't hear them at all in here, at all. And like it's the Shandon is good for business for yourselves, which you get a lot of footfall. Unbelievable, and even the bells of Shandon, if I do hear them, it doesn't bother me. No, I don't live here, obviously, but like four o'clock in the evening. Shandon is closed so that's it the, the bells are not ringing after 4 o'clock they're closed at half 4 or 5 o'clock they don't ring before they open up in the mornings obviously so it's not at 6, 7 in the morning they're going so it's just during the day and they blend into background noise but like see a lot of the problem here is the people that I've spoken to that are behind this petition are saying that well that was fine before Covid but now there's a lot of different work practices people are working from home people mm. are working nights and it's very off-putting. It's it, it's kind of constant. They they can't sleep. Okay, I, yeah, I, I fail to understand that. But then again, I'm not living here, so I can't say it. But if I was, and I do come down here early because it's my own business, I do come down here some early mornings, and I'd be here late in the evenings. You'd never hear them. Absolutely, I, I I'm 42 years here, and I've never ever had a problem with them. Even if there is tourists up there. You'd hear them from time to time, and if their school kids go up there or whatever. But other than that, these things have been here for, what, a couple of hundred years? So why is it all of a sudden now that people are starting to kind of kick up about it? doesn't bother me. Even if I lived here, it wouldn't bother me. They're part of Cork, they're part of the area. <laughs> Maybe if you put rubber little hammers in them, they'd be silent. <laughs> I don't know, I said it's just, just come to see us, what's going on, like, I mean, why, why put a stop to it now? Yeah. I mean, this is tradition, like, it's world famous, isn't it? Do you know what I mean, Shandon Bells is world famous, like? It's just that they're all day long, sometimes you've got three busloads up here, like. Yeah. You know? And would a lot of them come over here now for, for a quart? Yeah, they would. They would, I got you, they got a tip there, about five dollars, look. But the person that's cribbing, you should get a pair of earmuffs for them. A pair of earmuffs. 
Do you want to hear the bells? As a man, no, he lives, he lives here. He lives in Shandon, right? That's that man. So we're listening to the bells all the time and they don't bother us at all. Even the ones when they're playing them out of tune, you don't know what song they are? No, because they don't know how to nobody. Because them bells are there for hundreds of years. I mean, the fellas are flying in this morning. He must be off his game. He's living me long for ski. I'm only living over there. Oh, oh, hang on a second. And the bells don't bother me at all. What do you mean if they're, if, if, if they're played out of tune? Because you can go up to Shandon Bells now and you can yeah, play yeah, the jungle, yeah, the, the lion sleeps tonight. Yeah. Um, the raindrops keep falling on my head. Yeah. Amazing Grace and a load of others. I'm sure you and people want to stop that. Yeah. Why? Why? I tell them move on. Sure, 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 like, it's annoying hole. Eh? It, it, it doesn't annoy us. It doesn't annoy us. We're from Shandon. And it doesn't annoy us. So we're down here well, we're, we're, we live here, like. <laughs> Doesn't annoy us. We're the residents. The, the, the tourists that come around here and, and they, they want to ring Shandonville. So they're providing. They're people? coming to the Pope for a point and they're having a point with us and is, things and whatever the conversation. And is, 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 is the people just after moving into the area that don't, don't realise what Shandon is like? That's what's annoying. That's, that's why they're complaining about it. They're not used to it. We are used to it. That's what it's like. About. We love the Shandon Bells. You know, back in New Year's Eve, play them properly and have the parties outside on the fireworks like they used to years ago. And if they don't agree with it here, tell them move out somewhere else and get another place somewhere else. Because they haven't the clue what they're talking about. The building is there since the time of God, I'd say. It's there a lot longer than the residents that are complaining on here. They should be ashamed of their lives. Seamus on his trip to Shandon yesterday, uh, ringing the bells with Dave, uh, and then from there into uh, Linehan's Sweet Shop, and then to the Shandon Arms Pub, where he met some of the locals there, and um, oh, I think from the point of view of the audio there, nobody seems to be uh, all that terribly bothered about them. In fact, many people, including the gang in Linehan's Sweet Shop, uh, don't even hear them. Tim Bracken actually is a former Shandon Tower board member, and he joins me by phone in a private capacity at this stage. Tim, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Um, what, what are your thoughts on this? When you were uh, with a, a board member, was this a talking point that was raised at any time? The tourists was, ringing the bells? No, it was raised in the last couple of years. There were a few complaints from people and we were looking at ways in which to sort of uh, baffle the south a little bit and uh, reduce it. But I mean, it, there is a huge demand from the tourists to ring the bells because back in the days of COVID um, I mean the place was sh- the Shandon like everywhere else was shut for a long time and then remember there was a gradual reopening and we all had to social distance so we reopened the tower for visitors and um, but we made a decision not to have bell ringing because that would make people congregate around where the ropes are and there'd be a lot of different people touching the ropes, yeah. you know, so you had all that public health, which we were all very much aware of at yes. that stage. So, but there were huge complaints from the visitors, you know, and glum faces. Oh, you can't, oh we came up to ring the bells and we can't do it. So, I mean, it, it, it is part and parcel of the tourist uh, experience you know, coming to Cork, it's it's a bit. And um, one person said to um, the, the the lady on the desk, she says, "But sure, that's the same of me going out to Blarney Castle and not being able to kiss the Blarney Stone." 
Yeah, yeah I that kind of underlined it. Yeah, I mean, we were talking about it yesterday, and apparently for tourists, it's the Blarney Stone, Ringing the Bells of Shandon, and a visit to the English market. But what of your responsibility to locals who are living there or those that maybe work from home? A lot of people are gone, say, from nine in the morning to five, but not, not everybody. What, solution were, what solutions were you thinking about? Well, the solutions were... Uh, I don't really want to comment on it now that I'm no longer in charge of it or no longer chairman of the board, but there would, there would, it would require certain structural solutions in the tower where the bells are to try and, uh, as I say, baffle the sound from coming out through the louvers. And um, but of course, you see a building like Shandon that is a listed building and yeah. it's a Grade One listed building. Yeah. So to even put a nail in a wall, you have to have permission for that. So for any alteration whatsoever, any yeah. alteration, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Um, it's it's it, and it, it is a very slow process. And would so it be expensive as well? Do you think? Um, oh, it, would be, it would be quite expensive, very expensive. But um, but we would. I mean, we, we, we're very you know. As a board, we were concerned about the um, the people who were raising the issue and raising the noise. But, I mean, the bells, it's not as if they're going 24 hours. I mean, uh, Shandon opens at 10 o'clock in the morning, so, like, the first visitors are drifting in at around maybe half 10. And um, in the winter, it's closed at 3. And in the summer, it closes, I think, in the, in the spring, it's about 4. Mm. And then about half past 4, then later on. So... It's not as if this is going all night, all you know, all day. It's just during the day, and um, a lot, uh, as you said there in the box spot there, you know, the local residents they don't seem to mind at all, and there were never complaints only in, on, only in the last couple of years. Mm, mm, um, in that, I mean, um, locals seem to seem to accept it, and they, they're they're quite happy with the sound of the bells. Um, and in the area, in that area around there, Neil. Quite a lot of people would work, did work um, night shift and stuff like that because a lot of people worked in Murphy's Brewery. Yeah. So they were involved with night shift. They were sleeping during the day. I, I mean, um, yesterday it was people strangling songs, really, and not being able to, you know, make it. It's like, hey, Jude, there a while ago, the Beatles one, take a sad song and make it better. It's like, you know, take a bad song and try and make it better. They're, 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 their interpretation of are quite poor. Well, yes, I suppose you could say that. That's a, that's that's a, open to comment. But that could but be a form it, of torture it, then when somebody hears somebody strangling Mickey Mouse, you know, three blind well, mice and stuff like that. I should say. Yeah, but but I mean, the tourists want the just to have the to be able to go home and say like I kissed the Blarney Stone. I actually rang the bells of Shandon, which are enshrined in poetry and in song yeah. you know, over the years. Yeah. I mean, the place has been there for three hundred years. Uh, it was and centenary the other uh, last year. And I think the bells have been in the tower for about 270 years. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it's a kind of... But, I mean, I don't want to be commenting on people who are raising the complaints, but, I mean, how long are they resident in the area? You know, in distinction to those who were interviewed on the Vox Pop and said, we're here all our lives. Um, you well, know, one chap is wearing soundproofing headphones. No. Uh, and he no, can't, he can't move from where he lives because... Rent on the south side or anywhere else is just prohibitive. Well, now the soundproof headphones. I, I there was a mention. I want to just clarify that there was a mention there because when when your, your uh, reporter there, Seamus, went in, I mean, he was offered headphones and he was told to wear them going up to the tower. Now that's because when you're climbing the tower no, to get to the I... viewing platform on the top, 
you pass the bell. No, I'm saying in his own in his own flat he's wearing them. Well, I mean that's I don't know. I mean that's a matter for himself. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, um, other people don't seem to need that. You know what I mean? So unless there's a significant amount of traction, as in complaints against it, um, are you in a position to say whether? I mean, they, they they did a noise impact report summary, which they've sent me regarding the noise levels of the... It's very difficult to follow it. It's quite technical. But is it a case that the Tower Trust Committee won't do anything until maybe the significant numbers of people complain? Well, when, when, I, when I left at the beginning of this year from the Tower, I mean, we had plans underway, as I say, to install types of a door in front of the louvers, a kind of a perspex door. But, I mean, this will all have to be passed by the Heritage Council, as I said, because you can't build the wall of that building without getting permission. And you need funding. Building. Yeah. And it, this takes time. So I, I, I really don't know how that is progressing. Okay. But it's just, I mean, it's, I mean it's, it's part and parcel of the city. And I know, I mean, I think it's going back nearly 50 years when sort of tourists began to ring, ring the bells or maybe they were doing it even prior to that. And tell me, just uh, I'm just curious, uh, during the night, do the bells ring all night or the, are they limited to the hour or do they chime on the they're quarter? Limited, they're li- no, they're limited to the hour at night. Yeah. It's like the City Hall. Yeah, okay, okay. All you right. Know, or so, Big Ben or any of those places. Yeah, so so for now, it, it, it will continue um, on a daily basis and we'll have to see what happens next, I guess, would you say? We'll continue. I suppose we'll have to see what happens next, exactly. But mm-hmm. I mean, the thing is... Um, it's just, you know, if you allow something to irritate you, it will really irritate you, you know, mm-hmm. if it becomes a kind of a passion with you. I mean, it, it, there's there's a difference of opinion. A lot of the people who are interviewed, as you say, in your box box, who've lived in the area all their lives, mm. are not terribly bothered by it. Mm. Mm. Nice one. Including Roger yesterday, 56 years under yes, the bells. And he, and lives, he lives, I think he, I, from where he lives, I think he was living in Exchange Street, which is just... Just literally under the tower. Yeah. Okay. Tim, thanks for taking the call. I do appreciate it, Tim Bracken. Okay. Uh, Meanwhile, by email, the piece on the Shandon Bells left me in tears yesterday morning. My nan used to live on Shandon Street back in the mid 60s. And every Saturday afternoon, when mum and dad would go shopping, we would go visit nan. Her flat was at the top of a four story building. So when you opened her kitchen window, one of the clock faces was directly to the left, not to mention the spectacular view of the city. From her kitchen window. I often thought as the years went by that she had the best view of Cork and I'm sure I took it all for granted back then but I loved listening to the bells ringing. I found it very soothing. Being a devout Catholic at 6pm the Angelus would ring and my nan would take out our rosary beads and we would all pray. Such happy memories of those days may it continue for much much longer. Love the show and thank you all from the USA and it's a lovely um, email from an overseas listener Terry, thank you for that um, mind yourself and uh, come home soon and visit all the family uh, you can always email Neil at redfm.ie The Neil Prenderville Show Red FM Morning all, text 0868104106 lots of texts on uh, Shandon actually in part of his travels yesterday uh, Seamus took himself into Tony Linham the traditional sweet maker at Shandon Sweets, morning Tony, they're working hard up there and he came away with some lovely gifts which Tony sent down to me and we'll share them around the radio station a little later on this morning cough drops bullseyes 
in a lovely bag of chocolate honeycomb pieces. Do you remember the honeycomb crumb years ago they used to come in uh, on the boats down in the Keys? Well, they make chocolate honeycomb pieces at Shandon Sweet and I can't wait to taste them. They are just full of goodness and all the ingredients in there are good for you. Actually, you know, talking about ingredients, I was shopping yesterday. I don't know whether it's a, I don't know whether it's a throwback to my youth or my childhood, but maybe you're like me. There are some things that you still love, even as a grown man, all these years later. And one of them is a packet of oxtail soup. And I hadn't brought one into the house for quite some time. There was fierce mocking and uh, razzing of me yesterday at home with regards to the packet of oxtail soup. They were all picking it up, looking at the ingredients in it, right? Um, I never do that. I just love oxtail soup. And I just love getting the packet of powder, throwing it into the saucepan, adding the water, uh, you know, cooking it up for four or five minutes, adding salt and loads of black pepper. And I would really consume the entire packet. Um, But apparently, they pointed out to me yesterday that it's... (laughs) But in spite of the fact that it's called oxtail soup, they tell me that there is 0.3 of 1% of oxtail meat in the oxtail soup. There's a third of 1%, not even 1% of it is oxtail. The rest of it is lots of different stuff besides actual oxtail. I'm not disturbed by it. Doesn't bother me. I still love it. Anyway, text from yesterday. It's a load of cobblers about it being there 300 years and therefore people are entitled to ring the bells. About 20 years ago, Murphy's Brewery was nearly forced to move due to neighbours complaining about noise. The brewery then spent hundreds of thousands of pounds and euro to satisfy the neighbours. If people think that because Shandon is there that long, that they're entitled to do their ringing. They're in for a rude awakening. Noise complaints, Neil, are taken very seriously. And the report that was sent, actually, I know I'm staying with this story, but there's a big response to it. The report that was commissioned with regards to the sound, um, it turned out that the actual decibel level of the bell ringings by tourists is 19 decibels above the acceptable norm for background noise. So if those behind... Um, the um, yeah, I call it a petition, they don't, but an awareness campaign regarding the bells. If they go legal, then they have a lot to play with here if they can prove that it's uh, higher than the acceptable norm for background noise. Morning, I was playing Raindrops Keep Falling on My Head yesterday on air. Somebody's rendition of them on the Shandon Bells. Texter says, I'd stick hot pokers in my ears if I had to live near that. They played on the Shandon Bells. Listening to the show about the Bells of Shandon, I've noticed not once has a person who does night shift been considered on the bell ringing issue. I do night shift and I have trucks, rubbish trucks, cars, motorbikes passing my house on a second by second basis. This concept of if you don't like it, move elsewhere is weak. What if renters can't afford to move elsewhere? I lived in Shandon for one year during COVID and I loved it. I don't think the bells were open for tourists during that time, but they would still ring, telling the time. What a historical part of the city, not just with the bells, but the former Butter Exchange, the Firkin Crane, the birthplace of Jack Lynch. I loved hearing the bells through my bedroom window in the mornings. Uh, Martin the cobbler was dead right when he said, there are worse sounds than this, like the noise of traffic. Poor old Quasimodo would be horrified. Actually, on the point of Quasimodo, did you hear the one? Got this one in from uh, an email this morning. Michael says, did you hear? Did you hear when Quasimodo got fired? His brother went for the interview. He got a stagger and he fell out the window and they all ran out. The Cardinal asked the crowd, did anybody know him? And they said, no, but he's a dead ringer for his brother. Talk. 
talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818-104-106. People texting regarding the weather. It's pouring here in the Mizzen Peninsula. Let people know what's coming. Bad weather ahead, lads. Need to wrap up. I know a great place to keep dry, Neil. The Maldron has some fantastic roofs. Yes, we have one more prize for the Maldron to give away this morning. That will be to the best call this morning. Best contribution this morning wins an overnight for four of you, including dinner in the Maldron Hotel on the South Mouth. So get involved in the conversation. Pick up the phone, text 0868104106. Neil, boy, how many years of the city council going on about flood barriers? Noah and the Ark were sorted quicker, says Frick. I know, they can't agree on which model, you see. That's the problem. Alan O'Reilly said this is a rainfall storm. As a supposed weatherman, he should know that there is no such thing as a rail f- rainfall storm. Storms are based on wind and not rain. Um, this is false information, uh, says Stephen. Listen, could we just agree, rather than differing, that there's going to be a lot of wind and an awful lot of rain and people need to be careful. Bells remind people that for whom the bell tolls, one day it will toll for you. And they are reminded by the bells that actually we are all in the departure lounge. Next time you hear somebody strangling Amazing Grace or raindrops keep falling on my head or Freyre Jacca, think of that from the Bells of Shannon. Lots on from Moy, uh, the nasty things that were said by a contestant on the Graham Norton show. Text 0868104106 if you're from Fromoy. If you're from Fromoy, what would that make you? A Fromoyian? A Fromoyite? The things that go through my head. Anyway, I'll come back to more text, but back to the phone lines we go. John, good morning. Uh, good morning, Neil. Okay, um, um, and I know of Tommy Holmes as well, who gilded the salmon on Shandon in a second, not once but twice. But go ahead, John. Yeah, first of all, now, Neil, if you were a lover of oxtail soup, have you tried Baxter's tinned oxtail? No, I That's give it a go. Thing. We didn't have tinned no. soup when I was a young fellow. It was packet soup. No, I didn't either, but try Baxter's tinned oxtail now. But I just mind that. Hang on a second, but did you look at the cider and see how much of it is actually oxtail? Oh, sure, I know, but this is a problem. With, we don't know what we're eating half the time. <laughs> it's the taste that matters. Anyway. That's all. I love the taste. I don't care about yeah, anything Yeah, that's the taste, yeah. All right. Anyway, um, <laughs> I wanted to point out, I was on to a Seamus there. I wanted to point out that people aren't aware there's a problem with the chimes in Shandon. I'm not talking about people coming to ring the bells. I'm talking about the normal clock chime. For years I've noticed it's skipping notes and it's going dead. There's a fault, they're missing part. On and what, I, just I, the I, quarter I, hour or the hour or the half hour? It, it could be any time, any, any one of the chimes. If you listen carefully, sometimes it stops dead, other times it skips notes and it's a shame because it's a lovely chime. Now, it's the responsibility of the city council to rectify that, not St Anne's. And it's a matter of getting the parts... Uh, to um, rectify that's it right. To that's right. It. it is actually because you remember when all the clocks stopped and City Hall said they were broken, they didn't have the money, they yeah, were responsible yeah. for it. And we got a yeah. big campaign going at the time, and Stokes fixed the clocks from Stokes on, yeah. on, Wash- on McCurtain Street. But so not only does it tell the wrong time, but the chimes are dodgy too. Well, this is it, you see, the chimes, and I think it's a shame. I'd like to see that repaired fully, you know. Wasn't aware of it. Well, if you, you see, if you listen carefully, I, I've noticed that. Now, uh, as regards um, the uh, St. Anne's Church itself, I had a visit there yesterday, and there's the most beautiful stained glass window behind the altar. It's yeah. well worth the visit, it. you know. It's a lovely little church. Um, yeah. One other thing now, Neil, um, the North Cathedral 
after 60 years, has recently had its bells restored. Big so night. now there's a full set of bells in the North Cathedral. Yeah, but there's the pub- no one there. There's no campanologists around, apparently. I know they do practice the bells on Wednesday night at St. Binbar. A campanologist is somebody who um, it would be a hobby, is it? Or, or um, something that well, they do, I they ring sure bells. Well, I refer to a bell maker or... Um, a bell, a bell ringer. Yeah, okay. A okay. bell ringer, yeah, yeah. All right. But I mean, if they if they send people up from St. Finbars, they could train in locals to to uh, so that we could hear the cathedral bells pealing. Okay. And I mean, for years, all we've had from the cathedral is a solitary, a solitary bell, like, you know, uh, before mass and fun- after funerals and that, you know. Okay, appreciate it. A campanologist now, is thing? a person who uh, studies the art of ringing bells also commonly known in our parlance as a bell ringer. Yeah. Okay. Now, one other thing I could read out for you now, the first verse of the Bells of Shandon, if you wish. I played I played a Johnny McAvoy rendition of it yesterday, but go ahead and, and we'll we'll move on to Tommy then. Go ahead, give me the first verse. All right. Now, this is uh, Father Prose. With deep affection and recollection, I oftentimes think of those Shandon bells whose sound so wild would in days of childhood ring round my cradle their magic spells. On this I ponder where'er I wander, and thus grow fonder, sweet cork of thee, with thy bells of Shandon that sound so grand on the pleasant waters of the River Lee. Beautifully written and beautifully recited. Well done, John. Thank you for that. Tommy, Tommy Holmes. Tommy, good morning. Good morning, Niall. Um, on a number of occasions, I'm told, you, re, is the term right, re-gilded the salmon on Shandon. Is that right? That is true, yes. What, do you gil- yeah. what did you gild it with? Uh, laminated gold. They're, <sighs> they're solid gold in transfer. They're, they're transferred on with your thumb. And for a thumb or a usual bit of cotton wool. Oh my God! That's sa- that yeah. salmon, Tommy. It's it's quite yes. it's quite it's a fair length, isn't it? Uh, about eleven feet, and and it's nearly four four feet in depth. Eleven yeah. feet long and four feet. Lord, f- eleven feet. Four, eleven ele- feet long. Yeah, eleven feet long and four foot wide at the belly. Yeah, the belly. Yeah. God, it's huge. Yeah. But uh, Noel, uh, uh, an interesting thing. Uh, I, I I went up first to, to do in nineteen fifty nine. How old are you, Tommy? Do you mind me asking? Uh, I I'd be seventy uh, ninety two in uh, in 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 um, a month's time. Ninety two. Happy yeah. birthday for next month. Ninety two. <laughs> <laughs> so you went up and you did it first in the nineteen fifties. Is it? Uh, in uh, Shannon? Yeah. No, uh, uh, in... Um, uh, when did you gild uh, it first? Pardon? When did you go up first and gild it? Was it in I went f- up first in 1959. How long did it take you? Uh, uh, it's a week. It's a very, uh, very... Uh, it's. A, I mean, the wind up there. I tell you the truth... Uh, <laughs> I, I, I took about 30 or 40 gold, gold books of gold. You can get transfer gold in a book, you know? And you, in and small little pieces, it, you would put one on next to the other. Oh, oh yeah. And you see, there's, a, there's an art in it because 
Yeah, there's a gold so you have to go in underneath it you see no, an oil yeah uh, and uh, you can only do a small little bit at a time because if it goes off you see if, if, if it dries too fast uh, you see the glitter there'd be no glitter in the salmon after the, you, you see you have to get it glittering but just so talk, there's an after and that's I'm, how to do it I'm quite sure you were the best for the job but just tell me about when you're up there. Uh, how do you hang on? Are you strapped on to something? No, no, there was no no, no helmets, no belts, nothing that, that time. So you're not, literally... Not at all. But yeah. Yeah, there was two, about two planks uh, at each side of the fish. And um, Michael Sullivan from, from Sleeve Mish, Kinsale Road, he's dead now, or RIP, but uh, he, he was my helper. Uh, up there. But was but, uh, was it not windy up there? Um, was it oh wi- my God! You'll be blown out of it. You should have you should have had a harness, but they probably were hardy bucks back then. Yeah, no but, harnesses yeah, but, or straps. I'll tell you, if you if I had a harness up there, they call you to see that. Thing. <laughs> you were hardy bucks, yeah. But you know the gilding of the the salmon with this is very very thin leaves of gold. Did any of it blow yeah. away? Butcher, that's what I'm saying. The bishop's palace isn't far away from there, you know. <laughs> and I'd say half it went on the bishop's palace because no wonder it's a church full of gold. <laughs> Just imagine because, the people of the north side running around getting leaves of gold <laughs> blowing down on them. <laughs> but a very interesting thing, uh, 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 when I went up the first time and I did it, it took me about a week to do it. I did the clocks as well after that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, but... <laughs> Uh, when I went, after 10 or 11 years then I was ordered to go up there I worked for the corporation I was a, for, a foreman painter for the corporation right. but uh, uh, I was going, and I went up to examine to see was it alright and when I got up there was about at least 7 or 8 bullet holes in the fish you're joking So, oh that's true as God yeah I mean, I mean there's people alive that can tell you that but anyway, were the it, bullet holes it, there in 1959? No, they were just perfect. And <laughs> you see, there was a contradiction in that. There, on, 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 someone rang in and said it wasn't. It, they were trying to blame the British Army were firing at it. No, it was perfect. That was years ago. Did no, they, 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 that wasn't true because the British Army. They used three or three three ammunition. I know a fair bit about guns, right? And this was a twenty-two, a twenty-two Caliber. rifle. But I you're like, if, if you didn't see the bullet holes in 1959, the British were no, well gone there, by no. then. You didn't no, see them, so there. somebody was taking pot shots at That's the fish. Exactly. So what we had to do, Noel, I had to go down to the yard, down to the Yankee Street where the guards place it down. And uh, uh, I said to the engineer, I said, that's dangerous because the, the fish is only laid on. The wind keeps it down. There's no wow. tying. It isn't tied in at all. It goes all along sleeve uh, into a, a metal bar. But anyway, uh, the, the, the trouble was uh, uh, I had to go up in and get a thing called ice upon. It's used for filling cars, you know. To fill the holes. And fill the holes and that, send it all down, give it a coat of paint, and, and, and then start off my... 
so, procedure next day. And were you able to say that it was rifles that were being fired at the... It was because it, it, it went through, you see. It, only, it was only a copper shell. Wow. That's an the incredible shell, story. That's all it is. I mean, we mixed a lot, a lot, lot mostly so, and myself, we lifted that off, lifted it up, because we had to, didn't, when I went up and discovered that after 10 or 11 years, and, and filled the thing and all, uh, we had to take it down, and there's a clock, there's a, a little window in the middle of all the clocks. A small little window. Yeah. And the, the riggers in had to leave it down on a rope, bring it in the window. And, uh, we, I, I, and I did the, that job inside in one of the rooms. You filled the bullet holes. Who, I wonder who made the, um, the salmon, the 11 foot by oh, 4 foot? Uh, uh, who made it? Yeah. Um, it was uh, erected by... Uh, um, um, I don't mean to put you on Roger Old, Roger Olden was the man that built it, I think. And has it been up there for hundreds of years? It's always been up there, has it? It must have been, yeah. because uh, I think they built the tower uh, uh, sometime before they actually put on the, the rest salmon. of the, the, yeah. the fish. So you regilded you know? it twice. It, does it still get regilded with gold from time to time? Oh, it does, because, you see... They had Steve Jacks to did that after me, and oh I went there one day, and they were old. They, they, they were old with an idea. I said, "No, that's not true. It wasn't the right gold. You see, there's no gold painter. It has to be gilded." Yeah, they the might have painted it gold. And yeah, it would only last. Couldn't last an hour. You were putting Up actual there. gold leaf on it. Now, for cost cutting, yeah. they're probably yeah. painting it gold. But you must have been very, very fit back in the day to be able to do work like that, Tommy. Uh, sure. I just had work that time. By. So, if you were if you were a painter foreman, a foreman painter, were you also? Uh, yeah, well, I was in the. I was only a painter that time. I I was there for twenty odd years. So, did you? Were you part of building many of the houses in the housing estates, primarily no, on the north that side? That was a different section. Was it? We were in the maintenance code. Gotcha. Yeah. Wow, yeah. that's a fantastic story. Yeah. Oh my but, god! But I tell you something. Oh, you no, didn't no, fall or get caught by a gust job. of wind. All right. I, I, you see, there was a fellow by the name K- Kittringham had to wind that up. They were, that was driven with a big long cable and a winch. Before they got it, I remember they made it electric and the whole thing is electric now, you see. You know your stuff, pal. You know your stuff. Yeah. And tell me, and go on, go on, sorry, don't mean to interrupt you. When I was walking up, I get me, he was fairly old. I think he had a shop. He had, he had a, a uh, a, a place for making watches. He was maintain Shandon and wind the clocks. There was two inches, one at each side, and you'd have to wind it up all the way from way down the bottom. Just come away down a little channel down to the ground. You'd have and to be a strong person to do that. Huh? You'd have to be a strong person to do that. I'd say. Oh, I tell you, I, I often get my hand with it. And tell well, me, I, and tell me this before I let you go. And it's been lovely chatting with you. What do you think of yeah. the story of the tourists ringing the Shandon bells, and some people are annoyed by it? My God, listen to why people get so annoyed now, don't they? My yeah. God, what, yeah. what, what's wrong? What's wrong? 
They say I mean, that the, the, the whole world has gone queer. I mean, you might as well, you might as well knock all the churches and everything. So they're going to get rid of uh, uh, the historical buildings in Cork. I mean, I mean Cork is a lovely place, eh? And I'm getting. You're going to get rid of all, all those historical buildings. And as I leave you, isn't it amazing that you probably had the very best view of Cork than any of us? I tell you, I tell you true. the clear day, I could see out the harbour. It was a marvellous. My come here. I wouldn't mind getting. I wouldn't mind no renting all this up here. <laughs> Seven the crows. <laughs> <laughs> you have a penthouse on the top of the Shandon Tower. You and the salmon. <laughs> I deliver. Well, it isn't the salmon of knowledge. It's um, Tommy Holmes is full of knowledge. Lovely chatting with you, pal. Mind yourself. Thank you very much, indeed, Noel. Good luck to you. And happy birthday for next month, all right? 92 years young. 12th of December is my birthday. Oh, December. Okay, well, have yeah. a good one. May you have many more of them. Thank you very much. Bye, Tommy, the man who gilded the the salmon, not once but twice. Listen, there's a crash on the Opera House Bridge going from Blackpool side. Traffic's at a standstill, so do avoid it. It was between a car and a lorry, and now that lorry is blocking one of the lanes on the bridge there, just the Opera House Bridge. Uh, Bear that in mind. Listen, talking about nostalgia, and I will come back to this, I promise, because loads and loads of texts, and I want to do everybody justice, but there's a big big event, uh, and we've been looking forward to it for quite some time now. There's a big event happening in the city on the Grand Parade when the new Michael Collins statue is unveiled and the Collins family will be there the Michael Collins 100 committee will be there in attendance and there's an open invite to the public to also be there and to get involved and be part of the unveiling I'm joined by Fidelma Collins of the Collins clan Fidelma, good morning Good morning, Neil. How are you? And the day is almost upon us What's planned? What's, What's planned on Friday? Well, on Friday, we'll unveil Hall at 12 o'clock. It will be unveiled by Ronan O'Gara, Jimmy Barry Murphy and Rena Buckley. Three Cork great Corkonians. Leg- legends. Yeah, absolutely. And why not? Bring it on. Now, why, why the Grand Parade? Well, there is an iconic photograph of Michael giving a speech in the Grand Parade in March 22. And it's nearly the same spot. Our chairman of our group, Tim Crowley, went to Great Lengths and Google Maps and we're nearly at the same spot where he talked then. Where would that be? Is it adjacent it's or at, in and around the library? If you're looking at the library, it's just the doors, it's opposite the doors of the library there. And wasn't he up on a big plinth with thousands he of was, people? He was, he was. Now we're not putting him on a plinth, he's going to be at ground level, so you'll be able to touch him and get a, you know, have a good wish off him if you want, and he'll be there with the people, of course. Now, this is the iconic uh, big fella with the, with the rohar, the bicycle, isn't yes. it? Because he went around his, he did all his business on the rohar, and the um, the British troops never caught him. Yeah. They didn't know who they were looking for. Yeah. yeah. Now, um, I believe that the armoured car, Shlieve Naman, will also... Shlieve Naman is arriving and we will have um, some people from the army band. They're celebrating their 100th anniversary. We'll have a bugler and a drum, a drum major. And we have, of course, the new song for Michael Collins. And tell me, the armoured car, the Shlieve Naman... 
That was in the convoy. Now, Michael Collins was in an open car, wasn't That's he? That's right, yeah. Uh, but Schlieffnerman would have been, I don't know, ahead or, or behind him. I'm, I think it may, I'm not too sure whether it was ahead or behind. Okay. But that had all the bells and whistles to protect him. But of course, he was sitting out in the, in the other car. Oh my God, he was so vulnerable in the back of the he, and, But he was, he was so brave and he thought that he was safe in his own county. So there must be fierce maintenance to Schlieffnerman because it runs like a dream. Well, you know, you know now as well as I do, those army guys, yep. they are just fantastic. Top of their game. Their, um, they, 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 the skills that they have in all areas to protect us and mind us okay, is so, just fantastic. So this is a bronze and statue. Where was it cast and by whom? It was cast, um, our artist is Kevin Holland, who did the statue in Clonakilty. He also did the Ford car in um, there going into Clon. Um, he, he's a wonderful artist. So oh, the Ballinascarty car, that was the Model yes. T, yeah, the silver yes, one. He did that as well, um, Kevin Holland, super guy. And then it went off to... Um, to Germany to be bronzed, shall we say? Yeah. He came back to Tonakilty because he went in pieces, and he was put together in um, sorry in McCroom. There's a lovely centre there. The old convent is now a great art centre in McCroom, and Kevin Holland is overseeing it all. So as we speak, he's been polished, mind you. I suppose the way the rain is, I don't know how the pal. He'll be looking beautiful on 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 Friday. Anyway. Up with Brasso, Fidelma. <laughs> yeah, and we just want to say a big thank you to the City Council who are our partners in this and, and Shane O'Callaghan who put the motion forward to the Council um, and we've worked really well together. I mean, we've put all of this together now in about 13 months, yeah. which is very good and the people of Cork and the people of Ireland have funded it. Um, you know, we had to raise the money. The corporation have given us the site and um, they're, they're people are working with us and they are and absolutely listen, fantastic. not before well. time and what a great location. Back in 22, they tell me 50,000 people turned out to hear him speech. People speak. People were in awe of the man. This is life-size, right? So, um, it is. In, in, in his stocking feet, how tall they call him the big fella. Well, how tall was he? This is going to be just under seven foot. It's, it's a bit bigger than he was. How tall was but, he? You know, he was just under six foot, I think. He was about five nine, that sort of five okay. ten. Maybe big for nineteen twenty two then, but he was big in I, many I different ways. I think so. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but he had a big heart. He certainly did. So midday. And will Friday. we see it? Will you come down to I'm a on, field? I'm on the air. You will have it all done by the time I get down, woman. Twelve o'clock. I know, but you'll come down afterwards. You and, can be and, sure I'll be down to see and it. And have a look anyhow. And I'd say some of your relations will be there anyhow. You can be sure the, the Collins Poles will certainly be there and the Prendivals will, will be there. Mita, Mita will definitely be there, I'd imagine. Oh, Mita will definitely be there, yeah. And we look forward to seeing everybody. And if Michael Collins Poles were alive, and, um, it would be a proud day for him today. Schools, some of the city centre schools are sending some of their, their history pupils as well. So that'll be wonderful. Ah, that should be a La Law day, shouldn't it? Well, you know, we're not allowed to give those anymore. <laughs> <laughs> okay, 12 midday, grand parade for the unveiling of the big fella. Have a great yeah. one, Fidelma. I'm delighted it's going to happen. Cheers. Take care. Bye-bye. 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 Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 0818 104 106.
Red FM. They're talking about new terminology, you know, like um, open swimming, you know, or going forest bathing and things like that. I saw the most cracking research online last night. I say the papers will be picking up on that in the next few days. It is a study that's out that says if you want to become a millionaire, right, a millionaire, then you are 206% more likely to become a millionaire if you make your own bed in the morning. If you want to become a multimillionaire, I suppose, make it, mess it, make it, mess it, and make it. But the study says making your bed makes you 206% more likely to become a millionaire. So the research found the people who made their bed every morning are more likely to become millionaires. They found that this habit of making your bed in the morning sets a positive tone for the rest of the day and helps people develop a strong work ethic all based on the fact that you make your bed in the morning. Additionally, the study found that rich people tend to read for at least 30 minutes a day and wake up three hours before their workday starts. So which is it that they're up three hours before everybody else working hard and become millionaires or they make their bed in the morning? But anyway, I pass it on to you. Take it under advisement. There's an awful lot less now involved in making up a bed these days because they're all dovets. They're all duvets. Years ago, of course, it would be sheets and blankets and you didn't want the bed to look like the top of an apple tart with all the bumps and hollows and craters. But it's amazing, actually, because it got me thinking then of terminology we use, like make the bed, make the bed. You don't make the bed. You're Actually, there's, a, there's another one that we had when we were very young. It was called dressing the bed. Did you dress the bed? I mean, why would you say dress the bed? Um there's other ones then like where did this term of letting the tea draw come from did you let it draw it was heard in all Irish kitchens and cork kitchens for years or wet the tea did you wet the tea well I mean why didn't you just say did you make the tea but letting the tea draw wetting the bed making wetting the tea wetting the bed I'm getting ahead of myself. That's all ahead of me, actually, I suppose. Another 10 or 15 years. I will be wetting the bed, not to mention wetting the tea. <laughs> anyway, just a couple of terminologies. Add to that if you wish. Uh, text 0868104106. Um, when I first moved to Cork, I used to live in Kinlay House. It was a hostel for three months, which is directly next to the Shandon Bells. As annoying as they can be, they will forever remind me of the time I choose Cork to be my home. Um, well done. Beautifully said. Rather nostalgic. Why is it generally all the north side given out on your show? If it's not houses, it's bells or it's litter. The good old Norries. It's not always the north side given out, but I do agree when you say the good old Norries. My husband and I got, him, got engaged at the Shandon Bells in 2007. Uh, it was a nostalgic place for us. My grandmother used to listen to the bells when she was dying in the Mercy Hospital, and it always reminded my mum of her ever since then. This has passed through the generations of my family. We live in the UK now, but I totally agree with your tour taxi caller, Bob McAuliffe. We listen out for the bells when we're at home and we visit with our son. He's 13 and it's always on his list to go to the top of the tower when we're back home. It has meaning to us as a family and it's generational now. My mom is no longer with us now, so the bells will mean even more to us than before. Lorraine Buckley sent me that text from Surrey, but originally from West Cork. Neil, the bells of Shandon have been the soundtrack for Cork's north side for 300 years or more. Thou shalt not touch. Um, what time does the guy go to bed 
so so I can go up and ring the bells. What did he expect if he's living near Shandon Bells? That's a reference to Dave. Um, and apparently others are saying likewise. Um, what do you expect if you're living in town? Of course, it's going to be noisy. This, Neil, is the tourism industry. This guy needs to get over himself. The sound of the bells is a lovely sound. Is it lovely when people are strangling and badly playing um, supposed uh, well-loved songs? It's grand to get people to sign a petition when it doesn't affect them. Um, this was in reference to Kathleen uh, from Balafihan yesterday. Um, a north side problem being solved by a south sider. If you have a problem with the bells, it just means you have very little north side blood in your veins. Yet another group of people born on the south side, I suppose. And there's reams more like that. Um, I'd come back to all of those, if you will, throughout the course of the morning. So do get involved. Text 0868104106. The best call of the day today gets for themselves an overnight stay at the Maldon Hotel on uh, the South Mall uh, for four people. And you all will have dinner in the Maldron as well as part of that prize. So uh, text 0868104106. Get on the air for this prize, though. 0818104106. Uh, John, good morning. Ian, how are you? Um, wouldn't I know you'd put a damper on a great occasion, Friday midday, life-size statue of Michael Collins, and you have a problem with it? Yeah, well, how many statues does one guy need? I mean, there's one up in the Mardike, right? The bust, which nobody probably sees, because I believe in bringing that museum should have been brought down to the old savings bank, because it's too far away for tourists and whatever. The bust that's up there could have been brought down and placed in the Grand Parade. Um, the Imperial Hotel had for the where he stayed the last night before he was killed, have his cultural service, they commissioned themselves, right? So now we have a third one. Now, I have a problem with Mr. O'Keefe's. Now, I have a problem with Collins. I admire him as a freedom fighter, what he done against the Brits for freedom. But then again, when he took the British artillery, rifles, bullets, and whatever, and when the Civil War came, he used that armory against his own comrades. So I'm split as a gas Collins. And well, I'm not going to revisit history, but that was a, a civil war when the whole country was split into two sides. So that's what that's yeah, about. Was, he, yeah, had the, he, he had the, he he was, he he the free state army behind him, so I suppose he was allowed yeah. to use seized ammunition well, and Well, I mean, there's, there's a genocidal campaign going on the, uh, at the moment in the Middle East, and that was genocide that time on the poor Republicans. I would park it, but I think using words like genocide in that kind of uh, in that kind of um, um, era is, is probably an incorrect term to use. Well, you see, what, what happened that time, you see, where there's so much division and hatred, and it lasted for a long time, Neil, is that because the IRA wouldn't accept the treaty, eventually they kept attacking the blue shots at the time, right, the Free State Army. What they did, they took prisoners. If it happened in the cold light of day, even know if the Americans done it or any terrorist group done it, the, the Pina Gaylors of today, the Blue Shots, Free State Army, took IRA prisoners out of jail and put them up against the wall and executed them to frighten the bejesus yeah, out of the public. Yeah, certainly, but it did happen on both sides. Incidentally, it's, yeah. it's very interesting to note that it has taken three generations. I was starting chatting with a chap in Fermanagh at the weekend. He said it has taken three generations for, for that to get out of our DNA. Um, yeah. You know, it took those that were there, uh, our parents after them, and us. The, and the, the, the next generation, which would be anybody now, 15, 20, 25, maybe even up to yeah. 30 years old, looks mm-hmm. at this country very differently to the three yeah. generations before. Now, to get back to the actual spot where the, the sculpture is going, um, that was the same position where the toilet was, the one, one of the very few public toilets, which we have no know. Uh, it's the same size. And we're putting in a, a sculpture of Michael Collins now. 
and the people of Cork have no public toilet or all the tourists that come into How can you equate one alone. with the other? That's chalk and cheese stuff, man. But you know what I mean? Like Michael Collins, is, uh, you can't go over and urinate up on top of Michael Collins. But there is a public toilet. The signage is shocking. It's on the right-hand side of the entrance to the library. You know it. It's the brown door. I, I do, yeah, but not, not everyone knows about that. I mean, it's only a new highlight of that. I actually knew about it. Fair play. Well, is, I think yeah. you, have a more, you have more of a problem with Michael Collins and the history yeah. than you do with the fact that there's a statue. You'd prefer a dev statue, I suppose. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. The I long fella, as opposed to I the prefer, big fella. I prefer, I prefer a public toilet there and a few more so that the people of Cork, if they're cut short, old, young, middle-aged, whatever, tourists could use rather than a sculpture. And another thing, isn't it amazing? This is a tall statue now from Michael Collins, right? Yes, there's 30,000 people which you've covered very well too as well as Carthill above what's happening up there. Carthill is a disgrace but I'm expecting better things now that it's been taken well, away from the HSC. Well, the Lord Mayor gave a commitment so hopefully he will honour it. But there's another 10,000 people out in St. Joseph's in Bellefay Hand, right? So that's 40,000 that we know of. Okay, but... Yes, yet there's no... No, just let me finish here. As the guy's putting up a statue of the Michael Collins, there is no statue to the poor souls, the riches that was the starved to death, the genocide. That was a genocide campaign, right? No sculpture in this city. Yeah, okay. No sculpture in this city well, to then, honour. Then somebody people. should form a committee because what happened with regards to this is the Michael Collins 100 committee came together and got public prescrip- uh, subscription to put the money for the sculpture, for the full size um, um, piece actually and it's paid by the public. So somebody else should do the same and do a famine committee and well, also I do know, the same. I Go to City Council and ask, maybe we could do it when they're doing a lot of the new work down on the docks or something, you I, know. I, I know. I know, Dermot O'Coyle, I don't know who you know, and, yeah. and was, well, he's on about that forever, like, I mean, that does nothing for to uh, honour the people. Okay, so contact, City, okay. so contact City Hall, put together a committee, like the Michael Collins 100 did, um, you know, get publicity, ask people to contribute, get the money, uh, get the sculpture made and get it put in place. Yeah, we'll never go off of that. We'll see. If we meet any brick walls, we'll be back to your good self. And tell me but this, anyway, yeah, just on before you go, because you'd prefer a public toilet than you would a statue of Michael Collins. You should do a Klondike on it. <laughs> Build my own. <laughs> no, run, run for local council um, and let that be your pledge. But if you're elected to local council, you'll have public toilets... Will there be unisex or will there be men and women? Well, well the thing is, you see, like, I mean, it, 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 you shouldn't have to run like Klondike. That's a long time ago now, right? You got toilets, we, though. They close them no, down. No, but the, the, point, the point being, like, I mean, this is the second city in the Republic, in the, the, the island of Ireland, right? And we shouldn't have to be worrying about public toilets. They should be there. But to be to remove one, to put in a statue of Michael Collins. No, they didn't remove it to put in a statue of Michael Collins. You're gilding the lily there now. They removed it because people were using it to shoot up in and antisocial behaviour and drug taking. I, I know, exactly. But surely a bit of God there was a way around that. I mean, for Christ's sake, to take the actual one of the, the few, in fact, it was the only one that was left, John, to take away that facility, right? John, and John, would, John, stop. I'm mortified for you, man. I'm mortified for you. Well, I'll tell you something, I, and I guarantee you that there will be people now and there will be urinating up on top of that statue. Because there's no public toilet where the toilet should be. Hold, yeah, hold on there, the Tony. Next, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Right there, there... Whoever is on the the the, the phone there with you, like, he's talking completely bullshit about Michael Collins. He has a clue. 
nor the, the, the house because it should be devil right? right? Should have been shot and not Michael Collins. Oh, that's, well, that's charming talk now that you'd want anybody shot at all. I yes, mean, exactly. like, can we move on from that kind of thing? Devil Yellow wasn't the well, person Michael, that got Michael, Michael, Michael Collins, right? Devil Yellow didn't take the, the British guns and use them on his own people. Uh, Michael Collins, Michael Collins the, Yeah, because the, like, and you know the reason for that. It was the Free State Army. They had access to stuff that the Republicans wouldn't have had access to. Yeah, Come but he on. was a commander in chief. Anyway, anyway, Tony, uh, have you anything else to say rather than having people shot? Probably I me. Know right. Uh, no, I actually don't. Okay, my friend. Well, thanks for the call. Well, he's, all the same. He's, he's talking. He's talking bullshit. Right? All right. Okay. Daisy does say that John, you have a problem with everything. You're always moaning about something. If it was a civil war, Collins done everything to avoid civil war. You forgot that he used the treaty as a stepping stone to a real united Ireland, which we still haven't got. By the way. All right. Yeah. Still use the British artillery and his his own comrades. All right, my friend, we'll pick it up after 11. Either way, the public are invited to the unveiling of the Michael Collins statue in Cork City. Uh, the Collins family will be there. The committee will be there. Ronan O'Gara, Jimmy Barry Murphy and Rena Buckley will do the un- official unveiling at midday on Friday. Now, the Neil Prenderville Show, Red just a lash of texts that have been coming in. Uh, there's nothing wrong with the bells of Shandon. I was born and raised here in Jack Fords. You were born and raised over the pub. I still live here. Nobody lives closer to the bells than me. I love the bells. Will these people who don't like them please use earmuffs if they're not happy or else move out of the area? Says John Ford himself from Jack Fords uh, right down at the steps of Shandon itself. Um, I think all this talk about Shandon is only going to do one thing, make it more popular and make more people and more of us, perhaps, go up and ring the bells. It might be counterintuitive, I suppose. I might even bring my kids up there this weekend, smiley face. Oh, you'll be, you'll be driving the people who are unhappy with them, distracted. Uh, you could do with a referee's whistle there, Neil, on this one. Who knew the ringing of few bells would be such a divisive issue? Um, another one, um, I'm sickened by people wanting to stop the bell ringing. This is just another angle to attack the culture of Ireland and Cork. Nothing more. I drive tours around Cork and Kerry and the Shandon Bells is always a must for tourist tourists. This is exactly the same as certain people in the past attacking the Angelus. I wonder if people will object to the Muslim call to prayer when it comes to Cork. Uh, I totally understand how that guy feels. Constant bell ringing would drive anyone crazy. Dave sounds extremely reasonable in his argument against the bells. He's not suggesting to get rid of the bell ringing. Uh, I certainly couldn't live with that. Just try to quieten it down. Um, Perhaps if the residents should be asked to nominate a song to the playlist that could be a nice solution uh, so they wouldn't be strangling others and there was only particular songs that they should be allowed to play. Lo and behold, that reminds me years ago that Councillor Ken O'Flynn wanted buskers uh, to submit playlists to a committee within City Hall and also to audition uh, to a committee in City Hall before they got to busk on the streets of Cork. Or am I misrepresenting the chap? Let's find out. Ken, good morning. 
Good morning, Neil. How are you this I'm morning? good. Was that an urban myth or did I accurately report it? No, you, 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 Neil, like 99.9% of the things you say on air are God's honest truth. Gospel, is it? <laughs> gospel, absolute court gospel. Uh, but no, actually, just to leave you know, update you on that, there is bylaws actually coming out shortly. Uh, written by David Joyce, who was who was on the in the on the news there, one of our directors of services. His department is coming, and they'll be brought to council very shortly. Not as stringent as uh, I might say as as mine, but certainly will be very helpful for those that are stuck uh, outside shops and things like that and have limited repertoire. Do you know off the top of your head what those restrictions or those rules will be? Is it to do with the amplification and decibels uh, and things? Most mostly to do with amplification and the amount of time that you can the times that you can busk so you know you're not talking two o'clock in the morning outside somebody's apartment um, who's living in the city centre and also um, the power to move people on uh, you know after an hour and a half of busking okay alright what if they have a note in their head (laughs) Neil thankfully a lot of these fellas have moved on you know um (laughs) But but look, there's these guys as well that are that are troublesome, and you know there's there's one particular lady rings me, and she's from a very popular pharmacy in the city centre, and she said there's a guy outside my window, and he has six songs, and he stays there for from nine o'clock to three o'clock. You know. Um, okay. So do you no, no, feel that's, that's do you outside f- her window? That's outside her window. Not yeah. not, not a couple of miles away. From I know, her, you know? T- some taxi drivers are driven berserk about a few characters with you know the odd yeah. tune here and there in the head. There, there, but, I have to say, there's one fellow in particular. I'm not going to name names because it wouldn't be fair but if I hear him and you can hear him from the top of, of Oliver Plunkett Street to the bottom and if I hear him I'll, I'll take a, a dive down Princess Street or Cook Street just to avoid looking or seeing or hearing him <laughs> Is, is it the same say. tune all day long or something? <laughs> it's the voice the voice that gets to me you know? Well, well under, under the honest. new will there be a busker patrol then when somebody would be employed by council to go around and check well, on them? Look Look, it'll be it'll be a sign. It's pretty much the same as Dublin and Galway. It'll be a sign up to a code of ethics. It'll be asked to 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 respect, uh, be respectful of people, be respectful of the, of, of the the bylaws. The guards will be able to enforce if there is a problem. In particular, if the, you know where there's a lot of guards arresting yeah. buskers. No, no, no way it, that it, will it, ever no, happen. No, Neil, it's about moving them on and saying, look, do you realise? And sometimes it genuinely happens. You know, people are out in the middle of of, of an area at night they don't realise that there are people living above the shops anymore there's actually more people living in the city centre in the last five years there's been an increase of 2,000 people living in the city centre believe it or not so it's just about being cautious about that as well that you're outside somebody's door at 2 o'clock in the morning so when you You talk about I understand that and the amplification can be quite loud okay so there will be changes um, when? Um, we should have those before Christmas. Okay. Okay. More rules and regulations and laws and bylaws and people watching us and telling us what to do. Thank you for that. So, with regards to being respectful, you use the word respectful. What about the tourist bell ringing then? Being respectful to people who just are being driven distracted. Those that are at yeah. home by day when maybe others are out by day and they don't know how bad it is. Yeah, but look, Neil, I, I'm 15 years on Cork City Council and Shandon was part of my ward up to the last local elections until they redrew the constituencies. Um, my father was representing Shandon from 1991 and as far as I can, certainly to my recollection and to his recollection, we never once received a complaint about the bells of Shandon yeah. from anybody yeah. living in the area. Yeah. Bear in mind that There Shandon are complaints is, now, though, that things have changed. I, I, I heard that. And well done to your show for highlighting it. Um, look, 
you know, I, I have very good friends that live in Rowlands Lane. I, stay, I stayed in Rowlands Lane I, on countless occasions. I have friends that live in Lloyd's Lane, just around the corner from that. Uh, friends on Church Street. Um, very good friends of mine as well on Dominic Street. Yeah. I've never heard a complaint about from, from any of them. And you know, where, I'm, where I am on the Mallow Road, I have a train directly behind my office. And honestly, Neil, I never hear the train anymore. Now, people come into the office and they get an awful shock when they hear the train passing. I never hear it um, because I'm so used to it. Because And, and like my pals and that live Live, live in Shandon, they're very used to the sound as well. Look, you know, we have had the architect's office up in Shandon in the last um, number of months because, the, as you as you highlighted on your show, about the clock and one of one of the faces, one of the lawyers not working. That's right. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that is being addressed. There is there is an entire um, report going to council in the next number why of Why do you need a report? Like, why don't they just pick up the phone, ring Stokes on McCartan Street, send them up there, fix it? It's not, it's not as easy as that because there's structural issues as well, as you know, All as right. I think it was okay. mentioned earlier. It is a listed building as well, so you have to you have to get permission from the Almighty almost to, to, to move a stone or, or to fix it. Okay, well at least okay. So uh, that's so, that's in the offing. But just one so thing, because there I has been there may, be an, there may be an opportunity, as as uh, Tim Bracken said earlier, there, like you know the idea of putting pers- uh, per- uh, perspectives. Um, sorry, uh, putting putting a glass door or something uh, to muffle the drum uh, of the bell. It, it may be an opportunity if it is if it is uh, that high the decibels up. You I know? think the, I but think the vast majority of people would freak if anything is done at all. But having yeah. said that, this could be legal because um, there the, there is a level apparently uh, with regards to sound or noise that um, is legal and apparently they commissioned reports saying that it's 19 decibels above acceptable norm for background noise so they legally they legally have a strong case Perhaps they do. You had Tim Bracken on there earlier. Perhaps that's a better question for him than, than me because I, I'm not involved in the law. But um, look, they, they do. And you don't want to see anybody upset or perturbed. Um, honestly, I, I didn't see it as a problem. I've never been made aware of it in 15 years serving on council. I've been made aware of many problems in Shandon. Yeah. I worked with the hotel. Um, as I, I still call it the North Infirmary, which I think is called the Maldon now. Um, but but <laughs> look, if we're from the North, side, it's the North Infirmary. Um, but look, when we got Dr. Hearn Park opened in 2009, and with conjunction with Cork City Council, which did 99.9% of the work, the uh, Shandon Area Committee, um, which did a tremendous amount of work as well there, uh, and the, the hotel, all the stakeholders involved at that time. Yeah. Um, you know, the hotel manager at the time never raised the problem of his guests having a problem with Shandon or the, the tower, the bells going off in the tower. Equally, you know what, uh, Neil, I was down in St. Mary's of the Isle on Sunday and the bells were going off in, in St. Finbar's Cathedral and they were lovely. Like, yes, but they're, they're, they're proper. That's proper bell ringing. That's yeah. not a tourist yeah. doing that, that person's was, rendition yeah. of raindrops keep falling on my head. No, and look, I accept what you're saying and what the gentleman emailed you sa- said as well. Perhaps uh, there's maybe a, a time or perhaps there's maybe a, a relook at what's being played and maybe uh, curtailing the amount of, of um, tunes. Um, but look, there's another, there's another thing to say about this. Where else in Europe, because I can't think of it, where else in Europe do you get an opportunity to ring bells? That's true, that's true. You know? Yeah, 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 um, yeah. And you have to take that into account as well. Where else do you get the opportunity? Because the only place I've ever rang a bell was in, in Shandon. You know, um, and that's the and it's great fun. It's great fun as an Irish person to go up there as a Corkonian to go up there and have the opportunity. And I can imagine what it must be for a tourist coming from. Do you ever ring? Did you ever ring the bells when you were an altar boy? You know, when the communion's going up in the air and the chalice is going. Ding, I, ling, ling, I, ling, I ling. was. 
I, I was never an altar boy. You missed out. You missed out on handy pocket. You missed out on handy pocket money as a young fella then with funerals I, and weddings. I, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. It's a brave childhood. Uh, but no, I was never an altar boy, um, and I'm still not. But look. Um, <laughs> Look, I, I think I think look if there is if there is a serious concern and look I'm sure this man is very genuine. Maybe he has maybe he has tinnitus, maybe he, maybe it's a medical issue as well. I don't know. I don't know enough about him. Um but look I think we have to be concerned about everybody's needs. But generally, honestly, I have never received All right, a okay. from anyone they've been gentle. No, All right. Genuine. Thanks for that. Much obliged to as always can. This is uh tell people get a life, leave car culture alone. Uh, people who have issues definitely need to move. Uh, they have serious issues with Shandon Bells. Move. I think he has just encouraged a lot of Corkonians to go up and play the bells now. Only for the fact that I'm in Spain. <laughs> Only for the fact that I'm listening to you in Spain. I go up myself this afternoon and ring them. <laughs> I lived beside the Shandon Bells for three years. They were the view out of my sitting room window. I can honestly say that the noise drove me crazy at times. I was so glad to move away from there, says Leanne. So there is some support, not much, but some. I'm unable to go on the radio, but I just want to tell my story. In the 1980s, I was a nurse in St. Mary's Hospital, and I lived in Skiddy's Flats, just at the back of the Shandon Bells. When I was on night duty, I slept soundly. I never took any notice of the bells. It's part of Cork's tradition. Thank you for that. I'd actually love to go back to Skiddy's, uh, the the almshouse at some stage, and do maybe a section of a program on that, on the history on it, and uh, Skiddy himself, and the money that was given in perpetuity to Cork, um, and uh, the building of the Skiddy's almshouse, and how it's been converted now, and who's living there. Uh, I don't know if you ever went for a walk up in that area, but it's a beautiful little enclosed area. It's just so gorgeous and so cute. Um, I'm assuming that it's fully occupied. Um, another one or two texts. Uh, you said even, oh, was, yeah, I was talking yesterday about being in, in Fermanagh and up around Ennis Gillen. You said even north of the border that we're all Irish. Yes, I did. I mean, I found that the sense of humour was the same, the crack was the same, um, the um, ability to, to have the chat you know, uh, the courtesy, the friendliness, uh, the colloquialisms that they use. It, 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 we're all just Irish, the, the whole island. We, there may be sections who, who differ with regards to wanting to be part of a republic. I think that will change in time. You know, I think you're going to find that areas like where I was at the weekend, I think it's like, even if you're looking at the religious divide as being, um, you know, a stopgap to, to this at the moment, You'd have sixty-one percent Catholic. So, um, anyway, that's that's for another day. Texter says, Desi says, you said that even north of the border that we're all Irish. Maybe you were referring to the rugby. I'm not sure. No, I, I was referring to a lot more than just the rugby. But he says, I got a new driving license, and I was born in Derry, but yet the driving license office in Ireland has put my place of birth as United Kingdom. They just made me English, and I'm so peed off over it. Why is Northern Ireland not an option as opposed to United Kingdom? So a government department in the Irish Republic, Neil, doesn't recognise Northern Ireland as a part of Ireland. I was so shocked over it and I'm waiting to take it up with the TD. They are wrong under the Good Friday Agreement, I reckon, says Desi. And I think you have a very valid point. You got a new driving licence in the Republic and they put you down as being from United Kingdom as place of birth I don't think it would have been a big deal for it to be Northern Ireland as a place of birth. I wonder who would either agree or disagree with that. Text 0868 104 106. Calls on the way after the... 
Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818-104-106. Cork's Red FM. With a big shout out, happy fourth birthday to Dara Long from his sisters Penny and Quillen and his mom and his dad Aoife and Graham. Have a great birthday today, uh, Dara. Fourth birthday. Um, I hope you got some treats planned. Uh, a lot of people texting then regarding the impending, um, and I don't know whether this can be averted or not, ground attack by Israel into the Gaza Strip and into areas of Palestine. Um, Interesting that the Israeli ambassador to the UK said on Sky News yesterday that there is no crisis in Gaza. Well, Claire fact-checked that and it's correct amid the continuing attacks on the Gaza Strip and a cut-off of electricity, uh, lack of water, lack of food supplies. Israel's ambassador to the UK claimed on Monday that there is no humanitarian crisis in Gaza. You were talking about the statement from Ursula von der Leyen, I was, earlier this morning, and the outrage of what you said had caused that you, the European, that the EU was behind Israel. Uh, what also didn't help was that before she made the statement, she shook hands with the Israeli president, who had just made a statement saying that there are no innocent people in Palestine. Michael D. gave her a bit of a slapping down yesterday and fair play to him. Uh, and Sean says, we are all supporting Ukraine, so we must support Israel. They were both attacked and both with the intention of wiping both countries off the face of the earth. Now, I'm reading out your text and you were entitled to it, but I don't want to be talking war. I don't want to be talking killing on either side. I don't want to be apportioning blame to either side. I don't think we should. I think we, everybody and those that can make a difference should stop it and try and stop it and try and get people talking. So not a man, woman, child, elderly person, brother, sister, father, mother, grandfather, grandmother, that nobody dies uh, because if nothing happens, there will be massive loss of life with an Israeli uh, ground assault. That's just my own thoughts on it. Your thoughts are welcome. Text 0868104106. Then, of course, we had the comments made on Graham Norton's TV show with regards to Formoy being a horrible, horrible place, that there's a bridge there that you can jump off, um, which is a very, very hurtful thing to say and not the smartest thing to say where you're talking about people who would be suffering with suicide ideation. But it was said, and perhaps the woman who said it on his show thought it was funny. But it wasn't. Uh, I love Cork, Neil. Formoy is a beautiful town and maybe it was meant to be a joke, but it didn't come across that nice. I love Formoy and I'd live there any day. Michael Flatley has a house down that way, doesn't he? Yes, he does, in Castle Hyde, which isn't too far from Formoy. And that was originally owned by the first president of Ireland, Douglas Hyde. Uh, thank you for that, Anthony, in Limerick. Formoy is my local town with 53 years now, and I must say that I agree with this woman. Walk this town and look at the buildings. There is no decent hotel nor restaurant, only coffee shops. Uh, the town is owned by a few people and the local businesses object to everything that's ever suggested over the years. Can I give Tesco as an example? Says Michael. Forgive me now, but you people of Formoy, do you have a Tesco? Do you have a Duns? Do you have an Aldi? Do you have a Super Value? Do you have a Lidl? Or what do you have? How many of those? And how many were stopped because of objections? I walked Formoy there last summer. I have a buddy, Ed, who's got a super restaurant down there, a really great restaurant, cafe, does breakfast, lunch and dinner. The best of food down there. It was a beautiful sunny day when I was there. Um, and it was just a beautiful place. I just loved the buzz in Formoy. Regarding the lady on the Graham Norton show, I was shocked at her comments in Formoy. Firstly, but most importantly, at her total lack of empathy towards people with mental health issues and struggling with depression to suggest jumping off the bridge. It's not nice. It was totally inappropriate. But she obviously thought it was funny. 
she wasn't. Thank you for those texts. Keep them coming. Text 0868104106. My apologies to Sean. Good morning down west. How are you, Sean? Good, Neil. How are you doing? Uh, tell me all... Firstly, we'll talk about the galley head and the lighthouse in a second, but what's the weather like, man? Oh, it's horrible down here. We're getting we're getting blasted with lots of rain and lots of water on the roads and stuff here. So what's it like up there? Um, it's very wet, but I'm imagining we're going to get a lot of what you've got fairly soon and perhaps across the yeah, I afternoon. Think, I think, yeah, we're going to get, uh, we're going to have some flooding and stuff, local flooding and stuff with the, with the amount of rain that's falling here. So okay, well, look after yourselves. And for those at sea, which you'd know an awful lot about, you, you have the Galley Lighthouse and for years and years, it shines in... <coughs> to your kitchen, your dining room, more yeah. importantly, your bedroom. So we're talking yeah. about, the, about nuisance levels here. Yeah. T- talk yeah. to me the about galley, a lighthouse. Yeah, yeah. yeah the, galley, the Galley Head Lighthouse, uh, <clears throat> when, it, uh, when, it was, uh, when it was built way back in the 1800s or whatever it was, um, it was originally just shining to see, as most lighthouses do. Um, <clears throat> the the, the, the um, Lord Carberry, the, 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 the Lord of the Manor at Castle Free Castle back in the day, Back in the late 1800s, he put in a request uh, because he had the Sultan of, of um, I think it was uh, Egypt or someone over some some um, state person over staying at the castle. So he requested to the lights. Uh, it was for under the British rule at the time to have uh, the galley head shine across to his castle. So anyway, he he got his request that he wanted, and they shone the light over. And it has been that way ever since. It's three, been 360 three, ever since that because of Lord Carberry and Castle Free. 360. Well, it gives it gives three beams to it gives three beams to land for land, and then it goes five to sea, and then back three to sea to land again. So it's it's like that all right through you know day and night. It flashes day and night, but at day you don't see the. You don't so do you have blackout it. curtains, or are you just used to it, or what? You just get used to it. Well, actually, to be honest with you, in, in recent years, since they changed over to LED, they changed all the lighthouses all around the country to LED lighting. The, the, the light isn't as um, isn't as bright as what it used to be. But uh, you can just get used to the uh, of the light, um, Neil. You get used to it. You and sleep through think, it. Uh, people, people. Oh yeah, yeah. People, people just uh, people love the lighthouse. And I was talking to someone there recently, a person that has a holiday house. Uh, and they were saying, oh, it's a shame that they put in the LEDs. We love the light coming into the house. You know, we love the light. So it's nice. That so has nice anyone about. ever tried to stop no. the beam? No. no, no, no one has ever. I think back in the day when they originally had the light, um, I was talking to the lightkeeper that was there, and he was saying that back in the day when they originally turned the lights with, with, with the big beam, we'll say before, long before LED and all that kind of stuff came on, the uh, light was, was so strong heading inland it dazzled a few people in cars inland so they had to just uh, they had to they had to black out a few windows on the lighthouse on the, on the, on the, on the tower up on top you know the black God you're a fountain of information did you see yeah. the did you see the RTE television series which was brilliant on the lighthouses of Ireland yeah yeah, I'm I'm fascinated with lighthouses anywhere, everywhere I go, Neil, all over the world. Anywhere I go, I'm always fascinated by lighthouses. I love to visit them, go up in towers and stuff if I can. Well, you're somebody that would never it. ever be bothered by the beam of it, then for sure. No, I love, I love, the, and every time I come back close to home and I'm just driving back through, I'm always watching out for the for, for the lighthouse. You know, watching out for. And the, what do you make of the debacle with regards to tourists ringing the bells of Shandon and annoying some people? Yeah, well. I've I've been a tourist up there myself, and I just loved the whole thing. And I've brought my cousins from up there from states and from other places, and they just loved the whole uh, thing of going up there playing a tune. I know I might have been the 
the best stuff, uh, you know, it mightn't have been in tune or it mightn't have been great quality of what they played. Like, but I think it's a fantastic thing. Whereas, as, as Ken O'Flynn said earlier, where else would you come across? Um, it's unique. Where else can you do it? It's unique. Uh, it's unique. It's so unique going up there and playing. And like, anytime I go to the city myself, I love to hear the, the, the sound of the... Um, the Shannon Bells, you know, it's fantastic. But like, like if they're gonna try, if they try to stop this, what next? Are they gonna try and stop uh, just regular churches? Uh, sounding off. No, I mean, to be fair to them now, and I know some people find it quite funny, but to be fair to them, they're not talking about the chimes on the hour or the quarter hours. It's the tourists that, yeah. Uh, yeah, strangling, know yeah. you know, Amazing Grace and raindrops keep yeah. falling on my I head know. and Hey, hey yeah. Jude and stuff like that. Yeah. Mind yourself. Nice one, Sean. Regards to you all down west. Stay safe. Got a lovely email on this. Listen to your show regarding the ringing of the bells to Shandon. I have an uncle who's nearly 80 and has lived all his life on Shandon Street and Church Street. As coincident had it, I happened to park last week on Church Street and as I opened my boot to take something out, the bells started ringing. It was one of those moments that if you closed your eyes, you could be at any stage of your life as the bells sound just the same as when you were four or 44. I can tell you one thing, there isn't too much in our everyday lives that you can say stay the same. As I walked to my uncle's house, the bells were ringing somewhere over the rainbow. It was actually such a lovely moment. I mentioned it uh, the minute I walked into my uncle's house to his reply, isn't that funny now? As I'll tell you who called to me yesterday. He went on to explain to me about the petition. Uh, for 80 years plus, this man lived on the street and it has never annoyed him. In fact, he says he doesn't even hear them most of the time and not for the lack of hearing, I can tell you. Similar to myself personally, I live under the flight path near the airport. And likewise, I don't hear the planes flying in and out at all hours of the day. My uncle, my uncle mentioned how Shandon has been so important to the people of the area. As he said, even as a child, when you would wake in the morning, you listen for each quarter of an hour to hear the bell ringing so they could determine the exact time of the day and know where you were on time or late for school. As he said, some homes back in the time may not have had a clock and the Shandon bells was how their day was controlled by time by the ringing of the bells every 15-minute day and night. If the bells were stopped, it would be a sad day for all Corconians. This is from a born Southsider whose heart will always have a place under the Shandon bells thanks to my late grandparents and my wonderful uncle. That is a beautifully written email. Thank you for it. Reliving the nostalgia. Can I just say that there's one line in it where you say if the bells were stopped, it would be a sad day for all Corconians. That isn't what this was about. It's not the ringing of the chimes or the telling the times. It's the tourist ringing. But I'm sure you're aware of that. You're listening to Court's number one talk show. I just think he's a brilliant interviewer. The Neil Prenderville Show on Court's Red FM. Hi, Theresa Mannion here with a road safety alert for bad weather. If a road is flooded, do not drive through it. Take another route, as water can always be deeper than it looks, and you could get swept away. It's never safe to drive or walk in floodwaters. Visit rsa.ie from the Road Safety Authority. Discover the bite of your life with Deliveroo. It's been under your nose this whole time. But where? Just around the corner, getting dished up into a bucket of crispy golden goodness. Or at that super secret burger place, serving mouthfuls of meaty miracles. We leave no menu unturned, no noodle unslurped. That bite could be anywhere. Oh, wait. 
Here it is. Order the best of your neighborhood. Deliveroo. It's all on your doorstep. The credit union was created to provide the essential funding that's the lifeblood of any thriving community. And to do this not for profit, but for better reasons. For members. For futures. For change. The credit union. For you. Not profit. Credit unions in the Republic of Ireland are regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. At Expert Electrical, elevate your kitchen experience with Electrolux. Reward yourself with a new kitchen upgrade and Electrolux will reward you. Claim up to €125 cashback when you buy any selected kitchen or laundry appliance for your home. Explore the full range of Electrolux appliances at your local Expert Electrical and Expert.ie. T's and C's apply. Clarence Big Beauty Promotion is now on in O'Sullivan's Pharmacies in Wilton and Grange. Choose three deluxe-sized complimentary beauty treats with the purchase of two or more Clarence products. One to be a moisturiser or serum. T&C apply. Treat yourself with Clarence and O'Sullivan's Pharmacies. Exhilarating, captivating, ice skating. Heart racing, invigorating, ice skating. With your mates, maybe dating, ice skating. Why are you waiting? Stop hesitating, ice skating. Ireland's only ice skating trail at Alpine Skate Trail returns to Foda on November 3rd. Early bird tickets for just €14 Euro are now on sale at iceskating.ie. Another 50 grand winner from yeah. out the road. Naomi, good morning. Hi, good morning. Oh, Hi, my Naomi. God. Yes, I live in Blarney. Live in Blarney, wow. but originally from the Caribbean. What are we doing? What are we going to get for, for Naomi? Yeah, holiday, holiday to the Caribbean, of oh, course. Yeah. I, uh, it's been a while. I've been back home. Straight back, <laughs> wow. straight back to the Caribbean, drinking Dutch gold out of a coconut. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> breakfast with KC. Weekdays when you wake up. From Cork to Killarney and Tralee on Route 40. Book in advance to get the best fare and reserve your seat on expressway.ie. Cork. The Neil Prendeville Show on Cork's Red FM. Our phone lines remain open after midday, 0818-104-106. Loads, loads and loads of texts, actually. One of them is funny. Never mind your feckin' bells. My neighbour's dogs never stop barking. Oh, my God. Imagine the torture of living with that. Um, actually, Kieran says, seriously, Shandon is filthy. It's a tourist distraction, the area. It's bringing in the money on a daily basis, and it's never clean. Just look up at the clocks. If Shandon was across the water on the south side I suppose it would be spotless says he thanks Kieran. keep them coming I'll read out some more of them hopefully this side of midday text 0868104106 but I was saddened to read at the weekend that Kilgore Cycles uh, on uh, Curl Street on Kyle Street is to close um, they're pulling the brakes on it um, I think it's three generations at least but somebody who'll know more about that than me will be Barry Kilgrew himself of Kilgrew Cycles I think he just wants to retire and enjoy some quality time is that right Barry? Morning That's right Neil good morning to you I'm counting down the days but you're, While you're healthy and fit you want to be able to use the time to enjoy yourself is it? That's basically it Neil there was a kind of a thing my father used to always say like he said you'll never remember a day in work they all meshing together and he said, always get out as young as you can. He was younger than me. He got out a year younger than I did. But so it, it makes, it's good timing for me right now. Uh, it's sad at the same time, though, because this goes back to your granda on Merchant's Key, I think, originally, was it? That's right, back in the 1930s. Like, so we've been around a long time and it's been great fun. And I remember Kilgrews as a small boy on Merchant's Key and there's some beautiful black and white photographs of it situated yeah. there with all the other businesses and that higgledy-piggledy row of buildings yeah, that was yeah, Merchant's it was amazing, Key. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 
And when was the move then? Oh, my, my father went to um, North Main Street, I think about 1955. And I moved, I was down here in 1984. He was there from 55 to 88, and I've been here since 84. And so. you took it up then and ran with it from 1984? I did. I, I, I worked with my dad for a few years, and then after about three or four years, uh, I moved down here, down to Kyle Street. But do you mind me asking about your grandfather? What would he have been selling back in the 1930s? He would have been doing toys. He would have been doing rudge bikes. He was the first guy to bring in rudge bikes. Uh, what were they? Really. You know, it was kind of needle to an anchor stuff back then. If you remember, the shops were stocking everything, really, anything to, to, to survive. Basically. It wasn't just bikes, of course. It was no. a big toy shop as well. Yeah, exactly. He did yeah. loads, loads of bits and pieces. There was even clocks. There was even brass. There was different stuff like that. But that was back then. You know the way things were. It was one size fits all kind of thing. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I can recall people born and reared in, say, the 60s or 70s will remember the three-wheel bikes, the two back yeah. wheels and the front one. And then, of course... It changed so much down through the years, didn't it? You had the rally. Oh God, yeah. The rally brought out the rally world, yeah. fifty, and then you had the the chopper bikes, and then of course you had all sorts of we cross mountain bikes now, and all cross trainers. Well, it's all it's all different only. They're all aluminium frame, carbon fibre frames, hydraulic disc brakes, even electric bikes. It's all changed. It's all changed. It's great. It's exciting. It's it's a good trade to be in, and it's got a good future. The electric bikes will definitely be the future in the next few years. They're going to get more and more people are going to be using because they make more sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and they're getting cheaper too and they're getting better yeah. built, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. that's what happens. You know yourself, when these come out of the start, they're very expensive, but then they start to drop and that it'll become... Hopefully people can actually do it to the bike to work thing and then actually be able to buy the bike rather than having to add a bit onto the bike to work. You know so, what I mean? Pay. So what, what you've seen, even though you've decided to call a day, is that business yeah. was getting better and better. Yeah, I think I think it's probably going to improve. It's going to be the slight disadvantage of being in the centre of town. It's difficult for people to park. There's nothing anybody can do about that. They've changed the streets around and one way into it, and it's harder for people to get into town, which is one drawback. But yeah, the, the trade, the trade is very bright. There's nothing wrong with the trade. The trade is perfect. And did you find that with so many years under the belt and so many generations of people that the generations came back for their bikes? Like yes, their dad did that. and their granddad did, yeah? Yes, definitely, definitely. You do you, you, you have grandfathers in here. It's amazing. Like it, it, It's three generations and four generations of people have bought their stuff in Kilgrew. So it's lovely, you know, you, and you kind of make friends with people. It's a little bit different. You, you get to know people, you get to know their little problems, you get to know what's going on in their life. It's actually lovely. I, I really enjoyed all my time here it's, it, was, it was and I thought like get out while you're fit and healthy I know and you're what you're saying fun, yeah. You know? Yeah. but I can't help but think that one of the more most amazing pleasures that you would get would be a child comes in with their dad or their mam or both for their first bike yeah that's fantastic that's the Christmas that's the Santy thing that's fantastic it's a lovely feeling you know it's there's so many different little examples and Santi gets the bike and the dad's telling the son that he can't buy the bike that can't be done and it's just lovely you know and Santi actually gets it but that's one of the reasons why I didn't want to trade in December because you know after Santi time comes sometimes bikes there can be things that bike can fall and then you'd have to end up staying January, February, March and April do you know what I mean? It, it, I do I know I can, but I, I can see it through the eyes of a child I, I didn't get my first bike from your dad sorry about that I got it from no, old, right. I got it from old Mr well my parents did from old Mr Harding on the South Terrace do you remember oh, him? George Harding yeah and his son took over another lovely guy and I yeah, remember George yeah 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 his son Dahl yeah the lovely man he um, retired a lot longer than I did mind you but I sh- as a child going into an Aladdin's cave of just all of these shiny bikes 
bikes. It was just an experience that has never left me. And getting yeah. up in it and cycling it for the first time, it was a wonder, you know? It's fabulous, isn't it? You're, and you, when you go into a bike shop, it's like a forest of bikes. It's a different world. It's a different place, all right? It's lovely, you know? Yeah, yeah. What was, what was it like working amongst the people of the coal cave then? That must have been a great mm. sense of community, was it? Absolutely incredible. When I came onto the street first, there was a street full of traders and there was like there was loads of people there was always crack there was always a laugh there was always fun you know and at the same time people in the area always look out for each other there, people don't realize that in town you know we always tell each other that this happening or that there, there's there's a real feeling of community mm. and people say that but this actually is very very genuine these people here are gorgeous they're lovely people it's a lovely area to work in you know, everybody's kind of keeping an eye out and if somebody's elderly you keep an eye out and it's just lovely it's mm. just it's mm. a lovely place to work to be honest with you and are you optimistic for the future of the city I know you talk about parking issues and also the competition online or indeed the suburbs and things like that where parking is free is that a problem yeah, for the city do you think the city will change and the city will evolve and I know some people are giving out about different things but that's Things can't stay the same. If they stay the same, then there's no progress, there's nothing happening. We're living in the past. So the city will change and it will evolve. It will it'll become a slightly different place. It may, like the day of Mrs. Prendival walking from the English market down to North Main Street, over, that's gone. gone. You know what I mean? Yeah. You have to face reality that things have changed. A lot of people I know get their groceries delivered to their house. They don't even, you know what I mean? It's yeah. just different. And the city will evolve, it will change, but it won't cease to exist. It will still be the place that people will go to it, maybe nighttime entertainment, yeah. maybe coffee, but it's just going to change a little bit. And that has to happen. And that's good, not a bad thing. That's a good thing. You know? and, and tell me, in all of the bikes that you sold down through the years, was there any particular model or favourite or one that you recall as being, that's the best bike that ever went through these doors? Gee, that's a good question. Was it a rally bike? Was it a door handmade bike? What, what was it? There was a few of them that stand out to me, actually. There were some gorgeous giant bikes that were there. But there was there were some lovely old rally 531 frames that might mean anything to anybody, but they were handmade frames. They were absolutely gorgeous. And you'd see them three years later, and the paintwork was just fantastic. They're gorgeous, the old 80s and 90s stuff. The quality and the, the, the craft of you the... You described them almost as a work of art, like. Yes. They're absolutely fantastic to actually see. And there's these guys have exhibitions with these, but they're old 80s and 90s bikes. But they're worth the fortune. They're absolutely beautiful. If you know? look after them, they won't yes. lose yeah, value. Yes. And, and what are you going to do now? You say you're retiring, you've, you've decided on it. It's about yes, and I'm, quality I'm time. Take, I'm going to, yeah, and I'm going to see what I want to do. And I'm going to take my... I'm always active. I'm always doing things, but... We'll actually see what happens in the next six months, kind of thing. I'm going to take it nice and easy at the start and then decide what I want to do. I have nothing concrete, Neil, you know, being honest with you. That's a good way to go into it. It's an adventure right, then, isn't yeah. it? And, and yeah, what, what about all of the stock? I mean, it's next month you're calling it a day, well, isn't it? Neil, now is the time to come in and get a good bike cheaply. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not saying you've put on I saw you recently and I thought there was a slight bit of, bit of there, is, there. there is actually I've put on about four kilos and I like a demon over it <laughs> <laughs> well now is your chance come in get a bike get fit don't mind the weather we have the clothing for that I have a very old giant electric bike would you trade it in <laughs> <laughs> Come in and we'll talk, Neil. I look after you. We <laughs> might hold you to that, Barry Kilgrove. Don't do that, yeah. right. Okay, so, but there is a sale on, isn't there? There is, yeah, of course there is, yeah. 50% off clothing, we've money off, 30% off accessories, off, and all the bikes are priced to sell, Neil. You know yourself. <laughs> and let's get them shifted for you, and I might even yeah, see yeah. you yourself. <laughs> 
Good luck, Ferry. Thanks, Neil. See you later. Gas man. If you can hold on there if you want. I just have a quick call here. I think Frick remembers Santa Claus in Kilgore's. Frick? Frick? Well, he's after. I don't know. He's, uh, actually, he's moved to line one. Sorry, my apologies for that. Frick, good morning. Neil, I was just thinking, I was talking when the lads here, Kevin, I think. I remember something that we Kilgrove had a tie shop before. They you did, Merchant's Key. Yes. But I remember something, was, I think it was a slide going down, if I remember as young Flynn's, going down a slide. For Santa Claus, is it? Yeah. I think you could be right. Do you. He do was, you yeah. Is he right, Barry? Huge slide he used to write, go all the way down. Huge lady, you can actually go from the top to the very bottom. Oh, yeah, but I'm saying there, Kevin, that the Santa, you wait, and he takes the money, or you know, I'll be barely down to the end of the side. You put the money, or you know, for the pocket. <laughs> <laughs> Move them along quickly. There was a lot of kids wondering, does he Santa Claus in Kilgrews? <laughs> yeah, look, flying down the slide, I don't know, Well, listen, thanks for the memory. Santa Claus was waiting at the end of the slide. Happy days, a novel way of doing things. Happy retirement, Barry. Mind yourself. Thanks to you too, Neil. See you later. Cheers, pal. Might see you all right. Take care. Get it off your chest. Call Neil Prenderville now on 0818-104-106. Red FM. Final bit of business, and I started with this earlier on this morning. The Graham Norton Show, the big red chair segment where a punter sits in it and they chat with them and then they decide whether they survive or they get dumped from the chair. There was a participant, a Scottish native called Zoe, was on it, uh, originally from Scotland, but spent um, uh, something in the region of of, uh, 20 years living in Formoy. This is what she said. Time for a very quick visit to the big red chair. Who have right. got tonight? Hello. Hello. Hi. Oh, don't be nervous. Oh, you're, you're, oh, you're fine. You're fine. What's your name? Zoe. Zoe. And uh, where are you from, Zoe? I'm from um, Scotland. I'm from Galloway, but I lived in Ireland for about 20 years. It's a lovely accent. Very nice. Thank you. Whereabouts in Ireland did you live? Uh, Formoy, County Cork. Formoy, home horrible, of the pencil. Horrible town. Oh. <laughs> In it, okay, it's not a bridge if people want to jump off it. <laughs> <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> Looking forward to this story. I think the cannon is loose. The cannon is loose. <laughs> Shouldn't have said it. Wonder how the people from I feel about it. The local councillor down there is Fine Gael councillor Noel McCarthy. Noel. Good morning, Neil. Thank Re- you for having me on the show. Thank what you. Reaction on Blackwater side? What do you make of it all? Very upset, and we were horrified when we heard the, the remarks of horrible, horrible town. As you know, Fomoy is not, not like that. Fomoy is a very uh, lovely town to visit. My trip there last summer, it was a credit to you. The place looked beautiful. It was buzzing, and the we atmosphere. Want, and we want to thank you for that, because you did say it on your show a couple of times, and we yeah. really appreciated yeah. that, because, well as you know, Fomoy is a lovely town, and I, I'm chairman of, the, of the My Tidy Towns, and we're a great committee that do great work, and we work very hard with a lot of people, and we take pride in the appearance of our town, um, Neil. And, and, and to get someone to say it is a horrible, horrible town, really upset myself and a lot more people. Why? Have this. people been in touch with you about it, Noel? Oh, yes, they have rang and they've said, look, to, we have to defend this. We have to say that Fomoy isn't a horrible town. We have a lot to offer and we're proud of living here. And, and it's just like you can imagine the amount of listeners that listen to the Graham Norton show and the viewers they have. And they could be put off if they were ever coming to Ireland to say, well, t- Fomoy is one place we won't go because of that lady's remark. Do you, think totally that Gra- Do you think that Graham Norton handled it properly? 
Well, I suppose some people were saying he should have thrown her off the chair straight away. Well, which I, I would have thought he would have dumped her anyway. Yeah. Yes, and he didn't. And they, 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 his guests as well, they, they were taken back. They were laughing just, as if to say, what a thing to say. You know, I think he calls her a loose cannon at the end of Well, the, I think that, her that reference part. to a bridge to throw yourself off yes. is, maybe she oh. thought that was funny. But, you know, you, you could kind of, well, you couldn't you couldn't find horrible, horrible town funny, but the suicide reference is just awful. That was awful. I didn't even want awful. to comment on that was so low because we have a beautiful bridge with a beautiful river and the people come into Fomida for thing they'll say is oh what a lovely river and what a lovely bridge and a lovely walk down Bernan and so on we, we have so much to offer did you really like, get people ringing you crying well there was one lady on Sunday evening my partner was with me and she was on the phone and she was as good as crying to saying Noel what are you going to do about this and that really made me react that I had to say listen I have to do something here to defend our town because we didn't deserve that well I suppose if she had said that Bandon was a horrible horrible town he would have dumped her but um, I suppose he he has to keep the mood light you can't be really challenging somebody because it's all kind of fun and frolics on that show you know what I mean do you get me? It is, and, and I like that show myself, don't get me wrong, I love the show, I think it's a great show, and I think a lot more people like me would love it, watching it, and it makes it, it, it makes you laugh, and that's what it's all about, but it was just, we need to defend it, and we're going right into them, to, to the show, to say, listen, could you just say that we wrote in, and that that we don't accept them remarks from that lady, that it's not a horrible town, and we're asking to know would Graham, when he comes to West Cork the next time, will you come down to Fomoy and we'll show him what we have to offer? Yeah. And show him Fomoy. Well, maybe like you, Zoe. Like you saw is, yourself. Yeah. Is Zoe still living amongst her? She moved on from Fomoy. No, she's moved on. I think she said she's living in Scotland now. Okay, so maybe it's that. her you should be inviting back. Yes, and, and you know, that's a very good point, Neil, because someone said to me today, we, I, I was at a Christmas Lights meeting, which I'm involved in, and they said to me, no, we should invite her, Zoe, to the Christmas Lights switch on and show her the atmosphere and the goodwill of the town and the how proud we are of our town in, in, in a Christmas spirit which we'll have in a couple of weeks time OK well so, if we can assist you in maybe trying to find her yeah. or getting that invite out yeah. let me know you know we'll see what happens I love you no the only people I think she'll have to apologise to us as well because <laughs> it was the remark was like, like whatever person whatever problem she had with the town I don't think she think told town should be held to be, be spoken about like that saying horrible horrible it was it was just hurtful Neil and I really mean that as you said yourself you visited our town last year and you really enjoyed it I think that's the most impression we get from everybody. And if you look at social media, they're the the remarks we're getting that there are people, even people that lived in Fomoy have moved away, all parts of the world are are texting in and saying, oh no, we love Fomoy and we're proud of Fomoy. And so you should be. And so you should be. Well, we are. Nice one. Thanks for taking the call, Noel. And thank you for having me on. Cheers for now. Okay, you're not so welcome. Text 0868-104-106. Lovely calls this morning. I really enjoyed this morning's programme as always. Thanks to you guys. Uh, I was talking to Tommy Holmes earlier on in 1959 he went up and he gilded the salmon on the top of uh, uh, Shandon he did it not once but twice there's some beautiful black and white photographs and the lads have printed me one photograph of Tommy with another chap with him and they're obviously doing some uh, undercoat work before they put the gold gilding on the salmon Um, and uh, there they are there's a harness amongst them they were hardy men back then he's going to be 92 in early December and we had a lovely old chat this morning I just want to go back to him before I finish for the morning that's in it Tommy good morning good morning Noel we had a lovely chat I've just been given a black and white photograph of yourself with your cap on who's the other chap that's crouched that, under the salmon m- m- he's my friend Mike Sul- M- Mick oh, Sullivan you spoke he was about from Sleevemish in, in Kinsale Road he's, I think his wife is still alive and his family are there 
Because yeah. yeah. you're standing up there. If a gust of wind caught that salmon and it swung, the tail of it would have hit you on the side of the leg and you'd have fallen that's, to your death. That's what Mick, that's what Mike, Mick Sullivan, he was holding that because if it's spinning around, you see, it could knock you off because you we're only a couple of planks on each side, you That's see. That's all, a couple of planks of wood. So that photograph was yeah. taken in August of 1959. Mother of God, huh? <laughs> I'm getting old, Noel. I hope you're not too old to go on a bit of an overnight. I'd like to send you and whomever, four of you in total, for an overnight to the Maldon Hotel on the South Mall and you'll have the most beautiful, beautiful dinner, all four of you as well. Would you like that? Thank you very much indeed, Noel. It'll be Thank a lovely opportunity for you. Yeah. Who would you like to go yeah. with? Some pa- some pals or some family? Whatever you uh, want. Yeah, I, no, listen, more, all, more, all my schoolmates are nearly all dead. Oh, no, sure. I'll go with some of my sons and I've someone to go with. All listen, right. I know you have and you'll have family who will yeah. be queuing up to want to go with you. So you enjoy yeah. that, Tommy, with our blessing. It was a lovely pleasure talking to you this morning. Thank you, Noel, and uh, uh, it's lovely to talk to you as well. And you and too. So I have a lot of stories that uh, sometime when you have time, I, I'd like to relate a lot of them to well, you. Well, i tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to get Seamus to have a chat with you off the air because we'd love to hear more stories like that. Oh, and he can uh, yeah. have a bit of a chat and then yeah. when I get to, he gets some notes about the stories, he'll, yeah. we'll get you on the air again, all right? And you know where I have to go now? I'm going to, down to Westgate. I, I go down there singing every Tuesday. <laughs> Do yeah. you sing in a choir or a group or a rock band no, or what? No, I, I, I sing myself. And I play, well, I'm not much of a player, but I play the old organ a bit. Ah, and, man, that's incredible uh, no, at the age of 92. Still got the yeah, Gadgetarian yeah. going. Fair I'm play. there for years and years. Oh, and my I'm God. And I'm going down there to play. And Judy, Judy is the, the, the director, the, the, the boss there. And her staff and Maura in the kitchen, I know them all. And they look after me and I try and look after them. Well, you really and, are uh, young at heart and you keep yourself active and that keeps you young and sharp. Ah, uh, sure, of course. Absolutely, the simple things. Tommy, yep. we will chat again. I'll get Seamus to give you a bell later on, all right? Enjoy the Maldron, have a beautiful dinner and sleep soundly on the South Mall. You'll have a lovely uh, time. Well, thank you. Uh, will they contact me? They now? will, boy. We'll sort that out when we get off the air. Have a good uh, one, Tommy. Thank you. And uh, listen, I know all your neighbours in the Madden's building <laughs> we've maintained them for years. Well done. You looked after my uh, grandparents' house then and my mother's house. Your grandparents, my God, they were lovely people. Be- they'd give... They'd give- my God, you wouldn't be short of a cup of tea, there. No, you would not. Nor a, nor a cup of sugar. Ah. Mind yourself, Tommy. We'll chat again. God bless. Bye. Bless, bless you. you. Take care of yourself. Bye, bye. Lines will stay open. Text 0868 Have a good day. Mind yourself from the weather. I'll see you tomorrow. For more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcasts.